day yeah. for the 2021 Fervor Manchester Marathon as our first runner, Matt, comes into view. Absolutely. So we think it could be Matthew Green, this guy's fist pumping. We think it could be the St. Helens athlete. We will only see as he crosses the finish line here. The media are ready. The crowd is out in force here on Talbot Road. This is a guy making history. Two hours 18 and picked on the clock. Coming into the finish line wow. for the winner of the 2021 Firmer Manchester Marathon. It is Matthew Green. That's how we do it. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Two Men on the Run. Yeah. Uh, I am Ian Lawton. I'm co-hosting a special one-off for tonight. I'm with John Joe. Uh, evening, Can, John Joe. I'm, I'm made up that you're here with me. It, uh, absolutely wonderful. I've, I've got you a, li- a little small gift here. A, f- a wonderful bottle of Fur Trade. Red wine Shiraz. There oh, you go, sir. Very the, nice. The weather station. Thank you very much. The wife and, will enjoy that. And kindly donated from our wonderful um, guest... He's the guest today, and he's donated this wonderful book here, and it's it's by um, Matthew. It's Ryan Hall. Um, it's America's fastest ever marathon runner. Um, Excellent. Thank you very much. Here. Lovely gift. Thank you very much. But that's enough about me, because we're here today to talk about the most talked about man in the Northwest of the last oh, two weeks. Yes, I not. think it's we can call him double marathon winning um, man. Yeah. It is, of course, Matthew Green. Yay! <laughs> Absolutely terrified about what is about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Matt? How's how's life been since winning both marathons? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been good. Um, I went camping the week after Manchester, um, and, and yeah, this week's just been nice and nice and easy and. Uh, Trying to avoid uh, social media as much as I can, to be fair. <laughs> For those who were unaware, Matthew won the Manchester Marathon in two hours, 18 minutes, and, yeah. and I don't know how many seconds. 26, I think. And then it wasn't in your plan, but two weeks later, um, you, you went and, and ran the Rock and Roll Liverpool Marathon two weeks later yeah. in, and won that in two hours and 26 minutes, which was a course record. Um told. And off the back of all of this, you've had a lot of positivity, but you've also had, and we must go into this as well, some <laughs> some negativity, some um, online trolling, but from from the elite runners or a couple of them. And I, I do wonder about that. I've got my own thoughts about that. What do you think, Ian? Well, let's talk about the positive first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about I mean, that's, that's typical John Joe there, yeah. isn't it? Let's go down the negative thing to begin with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the red wine. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to start, Matt, if we can. I want to start with the question that most people that I've spoke to about your success over the last two weeks have, have asked is, first of all, why did you want to do both? And second of all, how did you do both? <laughs> well, I mean, I entered rock and roll on Friday before rock and roll. Um, the day I wasn't, before. The day the day, before the, yeah, yeah, two yeah. days before, yeah. Um, I, I hadn't planned on it. Manchester was the only marathon that was in the plan. And then it was hopefully run a quick enough time there to get into some th- one of the quick races out in the spring. Uh, probably Seville. Um, though I, I kept wanting Boston because I, I love Boston. But I'm, I'm sure we can talk about that later on. Um, and so, yeah... Around the time in Manchester, was then going away for a week camping with my girlfriend, and then we were, um, it was just going to be a nice easy week, uh, sort of get back to sort of 50 miles or so, um, and then crack on with, with building up towards uh, training for Seville and things like that, starting at the, the end of November. Um, 
But yeah, uh, my girlfriend was running uh, the half marathon. She was she was doing the half marathon, the rock and roll. So I was going along to support. Uh, her mum was doing the marathon, and it was the last uh, rock and roll in Liverpool. And I just I, I looked at the the results, and it was it usually be morning about two thirty. Um, I thought to myself, you know what, like I, I reckon I could run that and and still not you know without doing too much damage. My legs felt okay. Um, and I went to I went to the I did a couple of runs, a couple of tempo runs, and felt okay. And then went and did a, a track. I went down to the track on Thursday uh, before it and ran. I thought I'll do a couple four hundreds just see if my legs have got some speed in them, see if they've got some bounce. I did one four hundred in sixty seconds and said to myself, "That's all I need to do. Don't need any more. My legs are fine. I'll I'll race the rock and roll." Um, mostly because it was it was great marketing for the business. You know, the, the runner inside me said, "This is a stupid, stupid idea." And uh, this is not what you do. Um, the businessman inside me said, well, you know, every local club is going to be at this race running. Um, it's perfect time to just get out there and, and do a little bit of advertising that you, you couldn't pay for. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't buy that sort of advertising. Um, and so, yeah, I suppose it's a little bit of selling out there on that bit, but it's, uh, you know, for me own business. So um, that was that was sort of the, the decision really of why to go and do it. and. Once I let me, uh, asked me coach and he sort of finally got on board after uh, really <laughs> hating the idea. Uh, you know, that was that, that was the plan then, go and, and run it, but not do anything heroic, uh, which, um, yeah, didn't didn't happen, to be fair, because the first mile was again a 450 first mile. Yeah, so. I mean, I've mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I I've known you personally only for a short period of time, but I've known you by who you are for a long period of time. Um, and I've never known you to go off... Uh, Anything, anything different other than a sub five mile in any event, um, so uh, so the idea of running it at a, probably a five forty pace um, was was maybe ambitious, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was. Um, I think I think we said because I was like, well, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know who's going to be there at the rock and roll, and there was no start list or anything like that. Um, I was taking a guess just off previous year's results, and it was a bit of like, well, what if someone does turn up? who's in great shape and wants to run a quick time on it. It's a tough course. You know, at some point, I'm sure my legs, we're going to start to feel Manchester in it. Um, so, you know, I sort of said to, I said to my mum, you know, what, what do you think I should sort of do? And she will, why don't you just start with a 520 pace mile? Because that'll be slower than what you, you know, your average sort of pace from Manchester. Um, and it's still a sub 220 pace. It's 219.40 odd or something like that. Um, so anyone who's who, who is feeling good and things like that is going to go with you and then you'll know and they probably won't want to hold that sort of pace on, on the Liverpool course um, so you can back off then and relax um, or you'll 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 get away from the field from the start um, so that was what the plan was going into it um, that was also the plan going into Manchester um, and yeah both of them uh, completely went out the window as soon as the gun went. I want to talk a little bit about Liverpool if we can, Matt, because yeah. um, hats off to you, because I've, I've spoken to quite a few people who were at Liverpool, because obviously I'm from Liverpool as well, um, and lots of people saying how you were cruising along at probably five minute mile pace, saying congratulations to everybody coming the other way. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and yeah, that, yeah. that that is just, you know, that's phenomenal in terms of the ability to be able to do it, but also the enthusiasm for running to be able to support these people and maybe out for five or six hours, and you're... That mean that means a lot to people, you know, Matt. When when I heard people tell me about that, I thought that was a great thing. That, by the way. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I I was there for 
as much as I was there to race it and stuff like that, I, I was I was there to sort of enjoy it. You know, I, I mean, I I love running. That's that's it. That's why I own a running shop. That's why, um, you know, I I, I race and, and and train the way I do. Is I just love I love running. I love athletics. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, as much as sometimes I complain about some of the the hierarchy or the, at the top of sort of like the likes of park run and things like that, the, the grassroots basis of it, of getting people out and enjoying running and things like that is, is what I, you know, I, I love about it. Um, and the same with, you know, the mass participation events to, to see everyone there, you know, we're all doing the same distance. Um, our times might be different, but it's the same distance. Um, you know, we've still got the same struggles, you know, people are going to cramp up. We've still got to try and take uh, water out of little cups and yeah. things like that. We all, um, we all weigh in the same Portaloo cabin. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's you know, when we're out on the course, and I, I was there, you know, Liverpool, Manchester, I was there to try and do something, hit a time, um, you know, really see what I, what I could do over the marathon distance. Liverpool, yeah, I, I went there for the only purpose of winning it. Um, it was the only reason I was there, and there was times when I started to struggle in the race where I was like, well, if the second guy catches me, do I just drop out? Because the only reason I'm here is to win this race. Um but it, <clears throat> so when I was running it, I, I was just, and I was, you know, I was on my own that first half and, you know, we start to cut back and we turn around and we're, we're passing everyone and going the other way. And I just thought, you know, just enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the thing. They, they were cheering me on. They were taking time out of their run um, to, to cheer me on and, and clap me and things like that. And so, you know, do the same back. I think sometimes the, at the top end of our sport, it, it, it comes across at least, um, you know, people... They'll go to races and they'll they'll finish the race, grab the prize, go home. And that's it. Um, you know, I've I've always been the you know try and stay to the last one, last man standing at the part, the after party if I can. Yeah. Um, depending on how many drinks I take, because I don't handle it very well. So um, you know, but uh, you know, but I always try. <laughs> by all accounts, what I've heard, your behaviour on Liverpool was far from elitist. Yeah, and it was it was good. Loads of people have complimented on you. So. So good. Uh, but I want to talk also about Liverpool, about the, uh, the the cramp that you were able to run through almost. <laughs> because you, you picked up a bit of cramp, I believe, because I know yeah. the guy who was cycling with you. And um, he was the lead bike. And he was telling me that you got cramp, but then still managed to run a 5.20 pace through cramp. Yeah. So, yeah, I was sort of... Um, the last three miles, basically, we, we hit the, the cobbled bits on the prom. Uh, luckily, it was a tailwind. Um, I think that probably would have done me in if it had been a headwind. Um, and yeah, I think I, I took one step on the on the cobbled bit of road, and suddenly my hamstring just cramped up like mad. Um, never suffered from from cramp before in a race, um, and I, I I can't decide whether it was I didn't have my usual pre race meal the night before. Um, Your McDonald's, you mean? My McDonald's, yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't have that. Um, I always think that's got plenty of salt in it, so yeah. you know I wonder whether the, the lack of salt um, there or just the fact that I didn't drink anywhere near as much as I did uh, in Manchester. Um, because the, the the cups, I just couldn't. Every time I picked a cup up, I, I crushed it in my hands, and there was about, you know, a couple of drops of water left in it, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, yeah, hit that and, and just cramped up like mad. Uh, kept trying to run through it. Um, I just in the end had to stop, take a stretch, uh, stretch for sort of ten seconds or so, just to try and loosen the hamstring off, um, and then get back going again. And yeah, I'm fairly certain, having looked at the professional. Uh, finishing photos, uh, they caught me saying the uh, the f word as across the line. Again, so um. yeah, because I was I was tracking you because I'm I'm sad like that. I will say from track. I was away in Wales at the weekend with the family, but I had Matt on on the tracker, uh, and I'd seen your ten k split, your 
half split and then seen your 30k split and it looked like at the 30k split you were starting to slow and uh, my brother's out on the course watching and my brother had sent me a message saying oh that lad who won Manchester he's, uh, he's winning Liverpool as well um, and uh, and I was like I know I'm tracking him and i seen that your pace has dropped and I texted my brother saying he's got, it looks like he's got a tough 10k ahead of him now because it looks like it could be catching up with him and then I got your final time and you picked it back up again your last 10k was actually pre- quicker than the, the previous one yeah I'd, I'd, um, you hit the, the U-turn at Penny Lane um, and when I went around the U-turn, I clocked my watch um, of what time I was on because um, I thought this is the only chance I'm going to have to see how far I've got, what lead I've, I've got here. Um, and I thought if it can be close to five minutes, maybe I can hold it. Um, it was four and a half uh, minutes when I saw the second... Well, it was um, two minutes 15 until I saw the second guy. Double it to yeah. 4.30. Um, and I thought this is... it's, it's And he looked he looked comfortable. Um, I thought... and. Afterwards, chatting to him, he was he was the one lad that I had managed to find was in the race, um, and he run to, he ran two twenty eight uh, back at uh, the Elite Cheshire yeah. Marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd seen that and I thought, oh, well, you know, he, he he could give me a good run there because my coach had said run two thirty and nothing else. That's that's it, just run two thirty to win. Um, and so yeah, so yeah, I I. I I was worried he was going to come back on me, and yeah, so I tried to dig in. Um, obviously, we got that tailwind um, when we hit the prom for the final four miles, and it was sort of the benefits of that fighting against the, the cramp, really. Um, but I just, I just wanted to to get there and keep that keep that lead as much as I can, uh, as I could, sort of thing. And yeah, he, he, I mean, he knocked it down to two minutes by the end, um, so he, he was closing. Um, yeah, if it had been any earlier on in the race, I think he, he probably would have had me. Yeah. Any questions on Liverpool, John Job? Well, uh, excuse me. Yes, boys. I hadn't realised he was only two minutes behind you by the finish. Two minutes. Two minutes is two minutes. But um, my question: Can we can we um, can we go down that nasty path again of, of, of negativity, or we stay on the positive? No, go on. If you want to bring it in now, we we can. I'm well, sure, sure the listeners will want to listen to the. Yeah, because um, my question would be to the to the organisers of the rock and roll who are getting out of town. I believe the. You've got ten thousand, I believe, runners on the day. Maybe that's an estimate, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think I, someone said it was something like thirty, forty thousand over the whole weekend because there's, okay. there's various okay. distances. Okay, hang on, I'm going to make a point here. You've got forty thousand runners, and they're averaging averaging um, maybe forty pounds a head per head. Probably something like that. Yeah. You paid 60, eighty. Sixty-eight, sixty-eight. You okay. paid sixty-eight pounds. Yeah. And your prize money for winning the marathon was two hundred. I for me, I think two, that's two fifty. Yeah, two fifty. For me, I think that's appalling. And I, I and I'm I'm glad to see the rock and roll leave Liverpool. <laughs> I'm not sure what your question is like. <laughs> and I hope that, and I'm sure with this magnificent city of Liverpool, that the organ the next organisers of the next marathon will up the prize money. And put a bit more back in. Um, I believe the council are asking for fifty grand. You see, and they're unwilling to pay that. The rock and roll. It, it may be a myth. I heard a lot of stories, <laughs> but that that wasn't a story. That you'd paid sixty eight pounds, and and yeah, your prize money was, was two fifty. It was quite funny, actually. I, I suppose there's the little And bit. for Manchester, in comparison, for the listener who perhaps <clears throat> would be unaware that you you won two thousand for the marath- uh, the Manchester Marathon, which yeah. is a different kettle of fish, yeah. but at the same time. Well, and, and, and I, I didn't have to pay for entry for that, which there's, there's the elitism in me there. Uh, yeah, it was um, 
going to Liverpool and uh, on the Friday, I thought, oh, maybe there's uh, some elite places I can I can get a, a free place or something like that. And uh, I got there and said, oh, is there any is there any elite places? Yeah, so he, got, said, he said, no, no, yeah. uh, just sit there and fill the form and then uh, it's uh, sixty eight. I want to I want to further that <laughs> I want to further that point. I want to further that point because. As you say, you got free entry at Manchester and you, you won £2,000. It, it was reduced as well from the five. And it's not about money. We're not in this sport to make money. Of course we're not. But some people are. And the organisers of the rock and roll clearly are in it to make money. And I think there's a huge disrespect there for first, second, third place, whatever. And also the fact that you tell me that these lead motorcycles didn't know where they were going. Oh, that was yeah. That, was, that, a, that was an interest. So, yeah. Well, that yeah. just tells me a little bit more as well about that. Was, that made it really fun to be. It made it really interesting. We sort of went slightly off course within the within the first mile, um, and Ian Roberts was um, was was great there to uh, sort of you know because I was slightly panicked at that point, thinking, well, "What's going on here? Why does no one know where they're going?" Um, and Ian just he, he carried on cycling and said, "Matt, just just keep moving. We'll 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 get back on course. We'll find it." Um, and we looped, he looped me back round, and we, we got back onto the onto the route. Um, so there was an interesting moment. Well, you, the lost, first mile. you lost about four hundred meters, is that, that something maybe, like that? Maybe, there was a, there was maybe. a little bit extra yeah, on there, and then um, and then yeah, through Princess Park, the the, the lead cycle, the, the lead motorbikes got lost again there. They, they weren't sure where to go, and luckily there was a there was, a, good, there was another there was another bike uh, volunteer. Uh, it must have been sort of like the, the head marshal or head volunteer for for Princess Park, and she was cycling behind, and she she'd shouted right uh, right several times, but the only person that heard it was me, luckily, and so um, I ended up ahead of the, the motorbikes and things like that for a little bit, um, hoping that people would catch me up and carry on leading me the right way. I, w- I want to ask Ian now what he thinks about that, about which about the, those the, the, in do, re- regards to the fact that you know the the. The money that's up for grabs and the fact that the motorcyclists don't know where they're going. Yeah, no, it's poor. It's poor. Yeah, in uh, you know, in my opinion, it's poor because rock and roll. It's it's a worldwide brand. Don't forget, we're talking about a company that uh, that uh, does marathons all T- over the world. Tell me about it. I don't know much about it. Go on, tell the listener as well. Because well, the rock and roll. Mar- I think it originated from Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah you know, when it was a musical marathon, wasn't it? Where they have bands every mile and every December in uh, Vegas they used to run it um, and then they, they branched out and went a bit more worldwide I mean other people might correct me on that but I think that's where it originated from but um, for a worldwide company and it was quite an honour when it came to Liverpool to be honest I was quite pleased that yeah, that, that yeah, yeah. brand was coming to Liverpool and you're thinking it, it could take off um, but when when they're charging prices that they're charging and they're giving prize money they're giving prize money so poor like they is because any marathon that you win is usually worth more than two hundred and fifty pounds. That you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, on the prize money thing, like, I mean, it's it's you know, it's great to obviously have and obviously yeah, winning two thousand at Manchester, which is amazing. Um, when when it hits my bank anyway, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, like um, I, I mean, like. Like John Joe was saying before, I don't don't run for the prize money sort of thing. Um, I suppose I run for the, I run for the I suppose for the glory of it in a way, but I run for just the enjoyment of it. Um, you know, I just love being out there, love racing, love running hard, um, and feeling like I've done everything I can do on the day. I think the the races that I, I think are my worst races are the ones that I, I look back and think, you know, some and some of them are, are good races, good times and stuff like that. But I, I ran them, I didn't run them my way. Um, you know, I sort of did what people expected and tucked in, or um, you know, got. I mean, like I think the podium five k back in in uh, in March. Um, you know, I mean, there was there was no 
on paper, no reason whatsoever I should ever have led that race. The guys there were 13, um, sub 13, 20 guys in there and stuff like that. Um, and I was, I was in great shape training for the marathon and things, the, 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 uh, the Cheshire Elite Marathon. And then, yeah, I, like, I got there and sort of hit, I think that's the second lap. I felt like I was getting bashed around. I felt like it was, the pace felt comfortable to me. And I, I pushed myself right up to the, towards the front. And as I literally was about to hit the front line of the guys, I thought to myself, I, I'm, I shouldn't be at the front of this. These guys are so much faster. And I, I slowed back down and dropped back in. Um, and then just sort of came undone. And maybe I would have come undone anyway. But I wonder to myself always about that race. If I had gone to the front, could I have done something more than I did? And I, I ran a PB. I ran a four-second PB anyway. Um, but I always that, that race for me is one of those ones where I think, well, could I have done better in that if I had stuck with my instincts, which was even though the pace was silly, stupid fast as it yeah. was anything, to just go to the front and take it on and, and push harder. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the podium 5K because that's that's on my list of my research today. Because um, to me, looking at you as an athlete over the last couple of years, you've had quite a uh, a, a special relationship with the podium 5K because you've been there quite often, often live on uh, the Run and Live channel that Dave Norman runs. Um, and if you look at your times in comparison sometimes to some of the 5Ks that you may do elsewhere, the podium, obviously it's a faster course, but even on the track, the podium 5K always seems to be your best races, always. Yeah. Um, is, is, is there anything in that? Is there, is there anything in the course that you think of? Cause Good question. I, I think it's, um, I think the fact that it's one of those ones where, in my head, the, the only reason to go there is to run fast. Um, and I think that's why I regret that one back in, in March because, yeah, I ran fast, obviously I ran a PB there, but I didn't run my race, which would have been, you know, I, I told the line, uh, my previous PB to that, I told the line with Tom Lancashire and I saw him when I got there, I said to myself, that's Tom Lancashire, he's an experienced runner, you know, from Olympics to European silver medalist, everything that, you know, I sit on Tom and, and let him lead the way and I think within half a lap I had a 70 metre lead uh, on the field including Tom um, he closed me down and out sprinted me over the last 200 metres um, which is basically the way every podium I've ever done apart from the one in March has gone um, and I finished second in every one other than the one in March um, and I've always had I've always been at the, I've always led um, only to be out sprinted by a better runner um, and, and to me that, that sits with you know the the quote from from my hero Steve Prefontaine really, which is, you know there might be a, a better man uh, out there, but they're gonna have to bleed to do. You know someone might beat me, yeah. but they're gonna have to bleed to do it. Um, and I think that's that's sort of the philosophy I live by. And I think in these marathons, I'm gonna have to sort of back off a little bit. I think and learn you know how to run them a little bit sensible if I want to bring that time down and stuff. Um, but then the other bit in my head goes well. You know, one of these days, maybe I'll just be fit enough that I'll go off at that pace and just carry on. You know, but, I mean, um... it's for me personally. I mean, I'm I'm a bit of a running geek, mate, and and it's a great insight to to Matt's mind this because, I mean, I've seen Matt run on the podium five k and and in different races as well, and he, you always always other than that race that you're talking about where you held back a little bit, you always put yourself on a line. And sometimes I've looked at the tactics and I, and I, sometimes I've questioned it a little bit, thinking. Why does he go off so fast like that? Why why does he run so aggressively like that for the first bit? 
and I mean I, I don't always see your mile splits on it but uh, you know there's obviously it's, it's you can't keep that pace or do you keep that pace and other people get faster how does it generally when the race with Sam Lancashire did your pace drop and he got you or this yeah, pace my, increase my, my pace drops I, I went through the first mile in something like 407 which is my which is which is a PB for me for a mile yeah uh, 408 or something like that and yeah it, it dropped um but it, it, you know, it held enough to finish second. When I did the the Northern Road relays, I did the same thing. It was a six point two k course at Sports City, um, and yeah, I went off again. I think it, like Dave Norman said, it was like a four oh eight first mile or something like that. Um, I think I, I went through. I think in a PB in through the five k, but obviously there was no accurate measurement on it, um, and then held it. You know, literally, um, Chris Perry. Uh, was closing me down like mad around the last uh, 300 metres of the track finishing there um, but first leg at the Northlands I finished first um, you know and that, and that was yeah all out from from the gun um, and I, I just I try not to run that way sometimes and to be fair my still what is probably my proudest achievement is winning the Northern 5000 metre uh, track championships in, in 2019 and I won that by doing it tactically Um I sat at the back of the race for halfway, literally the back of the field all the way to halfway, and then I threw in uh, a 205, 800 metres in the middle of a 5k, um, and it broke the field down to me, and then about 20 metres back, three other guys, um, and I just backed off, sat back in behind those those three other guys till the last 250. Do you think that tactic came into play because it was a track race? Do you think you would have had different tactics on a road race? Yeah, I think I probably would have done. Um, I think on the road, I just, I, I always, I think I see the disciplines. Um, it's what my dad always said. Actually, you see the disciplines as as cross country is, it's it's the the animalistic part of our sport. It's it's you against the wilderness. It's you against the um, you know the elements. Um, the road is is um, it's it's you against the road, it's, it's you as an individual, it's the gentleman sort of area of the sport, it's it's just you solo out on the road, pushing yourself, digging yourself down as hard as you can go. Um, and then the track is is, is, the, is the stage, it's the theatre, um, you know, it's it's where the drama happens, it's 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 the bit that people remember, um, you know, you know the road, the road races. People forget. It's you know they they come and they go. The marathons, they don't. Uh, yeah, to an extent, yeah, uh, yeah. they don't. But, um, <laughs> you know. Let's just talk about because we're on your tactics, and we're gonna talk. I was gonna talk about tactics as well, because um, you, the tact, your tactics of running aggressively have, have I think have always been the same. You you'll know more than that. Obviously, you've talked about that one race in the podium. I remember back in two thousand and seventeen, which is obviously a few years ago now. Watching, I was actually involved in the race myself. You in the Ribble Valley 10k, <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're on the starting lineup, and you've got Johnny Brownlee in there, you've got Mark Scott in there. Um, it was, you know, there's some real big names in there because it's the North of England champs. It was yeah. on the day after Boxing Day, I think the 27th maybe. And the, the the race starts off, and it's it's quite a quick pace as you'd expect for that standard. I'm sitting at the back of the lead pack, but Matt, you're about 50 meters in front of everybody. Um, and at the, at the one mile point, <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, and and unfortunately that day didn't it didn't quite work out as good yeah. as what other days have worked out for you. Yeah, um, um, I mean, when you've got are you a- suggesting Ian that he would maybe potentially do even better if he gauged himself and held back a little bit more. Well, oh, we don't know, but we, we don't we, we don't we don't we don't, don't we don't know. I mean, the the race that he did hold back, he got a PB, mm. but. 
uh, is there something in that or was that the shape he was in it's I you, think there you, is you I think there know. is I think there is something in that but to be fair I don't think I got as good a PB as I could have got that day yeah um, I feel like I could have gone quicker because I feel like by settling down and my head went into a negative area because I then I then the whole way was like this is too quick this is too fast this is too thing and I was just fighting my head all the way um, there was guys passing me that I knew and had beat in other races and I was just like I'm just I'm just you know I'm, this isn't good you know this, I'm just not right I'm not fit I'm not doing this right and stuff like that um, whereas when I lead when I go out hard you know yeah when the, when the guys catch and stuff like that you, your head starts to blow apart a little bit um, you know and that, that's what happened at Ribble Valley that day um, you know for, for 5k I led through 5k um, or just under 5k um, from the front um, and, and the thing was I wanted one I'd forgotten what the course was like and two um, I went there with the sole aim of trying to break 30 minutes that's all I wanted 30 minutes under sub 30 I wanted it um, and through up to the point that I was leading I was the only guy that had run at that pace you know I kept watching the mile markers watched the lead car and I was the only one on pace at that and I thought why is no one coming with me what's going on Um because in my head it was, it was you downhill start. You climbed a little bit, then it was downhill again, it flattened out, and then and then the, the whole last five k was more or less downhill. Um, and then obviously when I when I remembered the course while I was out there, it just continues to sort of roller coaster up and down for the yeah. whole route. Yeah. Um, and I remember getting I got a stitch at seven k, and literally had to walk. Um, I walked probably a good half a k. Uh, Laura Waitman caught me up. And the only reason I got moving again was because I was like, I'm not being beat by Laura Wayman, even though <laughs> as amazing an athlete as she was, that sort of, I suppose, sadly, that uh, that that masculine pride sort of kicked in a little bit there. And I was like, oh, just, come on, just stay ahead of Laura, just stay with her. And I was like running, holding my side, just trying to stay at <laughs> the side of her. And then that 400 metres to go, so I oh, came yeah, to the view. Yeah. yeah, the bottom of the hill. And I just like pushed on me straight. John Joe time, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pushed on the stitch and just legged it as hard as I could to get away from her. Um, what time did you get that day? Um, I think Thirty-two twenty-two. Oh, yeah. well done, yeah. well done. I yeah. think no, I think that was the year before, two thousand seventeen. It was the, the the year that I was looking at today. Right. Uh, was you, you ran thirty-two twenty-two, and that was the year that them people was that, that one right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I just I, yeah, I just ran quicker than me mum. Wow, uh, I finally you, that's very impressive for me mum. <laughs> Thirty-two twenty-seven was my mum's best. Really? So, wow. Yeah, that is phenomenal. For them, isn't it? <laughs> that is I think someone, someone um, did the Runners World did an article uh, on the, the marathons, Manchester and Liverpool, and someone uh, commented on it saying like, you know, I think they, they asked me for advice on how to run a quick marathon. And I, I said, you know, well, I've still got a lot to learn to be fair, but um, someone commented on it on Facebook, sort of saying how. Well, you know, it all sounds like sound advice, but it, it helps if you can pick your parents as well, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, uh, should we go back to Manchester? Let's go back to... Because we haven't touched on Manchester yet because, obviously, Manchester was phenomenal, wasn't it? You know, it was... it was The race itself was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal atmosphere. I was there myself. It was a great race. Um, I want to go through your thoughts at halfway because you, you've got to halfway in 66.30. Yeah. Um, Commonwealth target is, what, 218? 214. 214, sorry, yeah, 214. At that point, 66.30, uh, so, I, so, yeah, at that point, I'm thinking, well, I'm on for the Commonwealth Games time. Um, I'm also thinking that it was mile 15 that I fell, started to fall apart at Cheshire. Uh, and 
those early miles were were, were daft. Um, you know, the first mile was four forty seven. It was downhill, though, wasn't it? To be it fair, it was downhill. Yeah. So that added it. And, and to be fair, I, I I stick to my guns and I blame Dave Barrett for that one, uh, not me for that first mile. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll argue otherwise. But um, you know, it, yeah. Um, the the four fifty, the second mile, I, I blame completely on myself. But um, yeah, um, it was sort of. I thought this is. I'm not great pace. Let's just. Let's back. I, I said let's back off a bit. This, you know, I don't want to be how I was in in Cheshire because the last six miles in Cheshire were a nightmare. Um, I dropped to something from running around that sort of five fourteen average um, to suddenly drop into six twenties, six thirties a mile for the last six miles. Um, and yeah, it was agony, and I, I was like, I don't want to do that because I know I'm going to get stick anyway for how fast I've gone off. Um, I don't want to get the stick for having fallen apart as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I sort of backed off a little bit, but I, I always wanted, obviously, I wanted under 220. Um, ideally, the goal was try and hit 217. Um, and I think I think I backed off too much, maybe. Um, I didn't push. I think that I'd always wanted to try and push hard the last four miles. Um, I, I, when, I hit the four, when I hit four miles to go, I didn't push on. I hit three miles to go, I didn't push on. And I just kept saying, oh, we'll do it in another mile, we'll do it in another mile. And it literally, it was like when I turned around the, the bend and saw the finish, and I thought, okay, now we push everything we've got left. Um, and I do wonder if like I pushed a little bit harder those last four miles, could I have just crept down to that sort of 217 area that I really wanted to go and run and try and run. Um, but, you know, I've I, you know, got to be happy with that time. Um, you know, obviously the, the competitor and the runner in me is, is you're never happy, you always want more. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And that's how you'll get more though, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, that's how you yeah, get more. You, Absolutely. I always say that the day you're satisfied with it is the day yeah. you, you, you hang up your, your, your shoes and I say uh, the same thing myself, quits, yeah. so. The day you're happy with that, you won't improve. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, you've kind of answered a couple of questions I've got written down here. I, I was going to say, was there any point you started to worry about how you were feeling? Because you'd obviously gone off quite quick um, and you've got to the halfway point. Is there any point did you think back to that Cheshire marathon thinking let's let's just yeah yeah I mean like halfway at that halfway point um, you know then at 15 miles I thought okay let's let's just let's just hold it here we're we're still feeling okay we still feel comfortable but you know this is where it started to hurt Um, the the second half was quite hilly wasn't it the second half yeah yeah mile 16 I I, I checked the elevation chart and I I didn't realise there was a hill at mile 16 um, it was yeah, out in Altrincham, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was a decent hill. It was short, but it was steep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for some reason, I thought the only hill was the city centre. Um, it was the only bit of a climb in there. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm in the oh, I'm in the city centre bit. That was when I was trying to settle the pace and relax into sort of the pace I was planning on trying to run. Um, and then we hit that sort of wall of sound through the city centre, which yeah, it was, awesome. uh, was just amazing. I've like, seen I, you there, actually. I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I started to uh, I started to tear up. I started to feel emotional. And I was like, <laughs> we're three miles, four miles in here. It's yeah. too early to be emotional in this marathon. Let's yeah. try and rain, uh, control myself a little bit. Um, but it was just fantastic. The crowds, the atmosphere there. Um, I, I, I expect that that is what London feels like the whole way around. Yeah. Or the, New York or Boston or something like that. Um but yeah, it was, it, you know, that then shot me from, I think I, I dropped myself back to a 5.05 or something like that for mile three. Um, and then that shot me back to like 4.50 again um, through there. Um, so yeah, and the, the, there, was a, there was a lad still with me and we hit uh, we hit about five miles. There was a water station at five miles and or just before there. Uh, and I said to him, I said, I said, what are you looking to run? 
Um, and he said, oh, 215 to 220. I said, I said, oh, I said, I said, perfect. I said, same as me. I said, well, I said, at the moment, we're smashing it because we're sub 210 pace. Uh, so let's only fall apart. Uh, and uh, at that point, he dropped He dropped off. Uh, we hit a water station and he dropped off me. And Dave Norman was there uh, running with uh, Carl Darcy and, and some of the other lads. And um, Dave sort of said, Matt, you, you've got to, you're getting a gap opening. Um, I think he also said that uh, um, he won't hold this and they'll fall apart at some point sort of thing. Uh, which, to be fair, I mean, I did, fall, I did start to fall apart. I suppose the pace did definitely dropped quite a bit but um you know obviously held on for the win um but yeah i, I mean yeah I, I hit um 18 miles at, at cheshire I, I got a stitch so when i got there i was worrying there's a stitch gonna come on and i did get a slight stitch at about 20 miles um and i got a bottle of water drank as much as I, as I could and, and threw a gel down me um, and that seemed to shake the, the stitch um so that that allowed me then to, to to push back on again sort of thing um after that, but yeah, it, it, I suppose you start to panic a little bit. Um, you start to worry. I mean, not knowing where anyone was on the course, same as in Liverpool. Um, you start to panic a little bit that you know you know you're starting to suffer. You know you're hurting um, a little bit. I mean, in Manchester, I definitely felt like I had enough in me that if someone had caught me, I could have rallied and pushed. Um, whereas Liverpool, I think if you'd have caught me up, I'd, that'd have been that. It'd have been done. Um, so yeah, it was sort of um, it was that bit of of. of of, yeah, just trying to of, of worrying that just sort of kept me backing off the pace a little bit and backing off and you know happy enough with the time but definitely definitely want want more from that and yeah I'd, I'd like to go after and chase that that sort of uh, that Commonwealth standard. Where do you think the limit is, Matt? Where do you think the you the, where can you take it? Do you think how I, how 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 high I've, can you get with this marathon? I I hate the idea of limits. I hate the idea of setting anything. Um, you know I I've kind of got a, a sticky note in my room and. That, that, that literally has times that are, are well beyond probably what I could ever run. But I think if you can't set your goals on those sort of times, then there's there's no point in in in, in trying sort of thing. You know, there's you've got to. I think too many people set barriers. I think I remember reading um, the book uh, Two Hours, um, and it was all about like the science behind could someone break two hours for the marathon? Could it be done uh, ever? And they were like, well, you know. No, you know, they, they, someone had died doing that. The same as, you know, the four minute mile was like, you know, it can't be done. It's, you know, they literally, if they, if the only time, the only way a human being could run a sub four minute mile is they, they dropped dead off the, the line. And then Bannister did it and lots and lots of other people did it since. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen Kipchoge, yet it was in a specialised event, everything like that. It didn't class for Stanford record purposes or anything. But we've seen him run a sub two hour marathon. He, he was a, a man, he went out there and he physically did it. Um, you know his sort of thing again his, his metaphor is there's no limits and I, I think that's it I think there's far too many people um, and sometimes I wonder if it's a, it's a as well as a, a cultural thing uh, as a British cultural thing we, we seem to set limits on ourselves we seem to I always think there's a negativity um, let's change the question a little bit yeah. because as a marathon runner you've, only, you've done three now is that right three marathons yeah, three, yeah. Yeah. yeah you are a baby in terms of marathon runner mm-hmm. uh, where, where can you see yourself taking this because we mentioned the Commonwealth Games targets of being yeah. 2.14 I mean that's got to be on your radar is, is that something you believe you can get yeah I think you know if I get that pacing you know, a lot better um, 
I, you know, I've got another training block now to sort of train up and build more strength. You're not doing um, one this weekend, though. I'm no, 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 just, no, just double checking. Not, not until Seville it's now. It's always worth asking, isn't it? <laughs> just in case he, he, he does another one this weekend. He's got the Strider Trail, the five mile Strider Trail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was hoping no one had mentioned that one. Yeah. I, I, hope <laughs> <laughs> I hope my coach doesn't listen. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's the other bit. I love racing. Do you know what I mean? Like. Like uh, yeah, this is where I want to bring in Bill Rogers because you like Matthew likes to quote these these fellas to me, you know. Ron Hill. Ron is always. Uh, I'm told I'm not allowed to mention Ron Hill by John Joe. He says well, you can't what, keep using that, Ma- that excuse. What I've noticed Matthew does, he gets a particular idea in his head. You know, I'm going to do this, and then he quotes Ron Hill. Or, or <laughs> yeah. like that, you know, and and. You can't argue with Ron Hill, I, can I, you? I was just saying to Mo Fadda last night that I don't name's gone. But Bill Rogers, uh, that uh, that did, you know, when he said, he tells me these things, sometimes I'm listening, and I remembered this one because it, I read The Marathon Man, Bill Rogers, and I, I don't know if you've read it, I'd recommend it. Have you read that one? No, I've not read it, no. Beautiful story of a man who um, would empathise with, a wonderful story, The Marathon Man, Bill Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, anyway... Bill Rogers said, uh, "You were quoting him. Go on, tell us again, Matthew." Well, you, well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell the listener if you've forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Are you making these things up? <laughs> <laughs> he said to me. He said to me um, along the lines. He said, um, "Bill Rogers had said recently, I think, in a podcast." Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I know go on, then, go on. on. You tell, he, yeah. he was he was on about uh, someone asked him, um, and it's, it's, what, it's what I always say, and I, I think it's. I like the philosophy of it is is that you had back in the day you had these runners in the 70s the 80s uh, stuff like that you runners and they'd race weekend after weekend the marathon backed up by marathon and they he, he, someone asked him you say you know well what what sort of you know what about now you know the guys that were in quicker times and stuff like that at the very top end uh, you know he says he says what you know what do you think uh, you know compare that to you and he said well he said well I think you know yeah they're, they're better runners now they've got he said what do you think I think we had more fun um, and I think that's something that you know. That's the bit I think sometimes people get too serious about this. You know, at the end of the day, it, you know, athletics. I mean, some people make a living out of it, but at the end of the day, it's a hobby. It's a hobby for me. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, I do make a living out of it because it's me shop and stuff like that. Like, but um, you know, it, it it is a hobby. It's it's fun, and I think that's the bit. Sometimes I see people that I train with, uh, Choncho including, to be fair, takes it too serious, and I think he gets himself worked up and he gets himself too, yeah. too, too antsy about certain things, going to a race, and he's he's worried about he's eating too much and he's not going to do this and everything. And I'm just, mate, just go and enjoy the race, and if you can, if you can let it go a little bit and enjoy it, being there, enjoy the atmosphere, you'll probably get the best out of yourself on the day. Have a whiskey. Um, and go and run. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> no, I think I think it's great advice for Matt because it, oh, it, it? The, the, well, are we are we too serious, Gordon? Well, it's, some people need to be too serious. Some people need it within themselves. It's a personality thing, isn't it? Some people do yeah. to get the best out of themselves. They need to be. Some people to get the best out of themselves. They need to just relax a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I I run personally um, because uh, it just makes me feel good. Now, is that I, the only reason? Yeah, I can't, I guess, I can't believe that's no, the only no, reason. Because to me, there's no better feeling of just being free and just out running. Now, well, why if, turn up at races? Then you could do that without all that, couldn't you? Well, I enjoy racing as well. Uh, yeah, okay. I enjoy, I enjoy competition racing. is, is a yeah, different. Yeah. yeah, but to be honest, I'm at the age now where the competition really. I've been doing it for that many years. The competition, I could take or leave sometimes. To be honest, yeah. um, because I just like. 
and you know, I chose some of the lads that I trained with, the, the the bubble as we call it. This is a bubble that we made through we call it the bubble because <laughs> we went through lockdown and stuff. Yeah. You know, when I don't train, I don't see the lads, and and um, and you don't get that after race or after race or after training feeling. You know, there's no better feeling, and you guys will know it. If yeah. you've been to a race and you like John Joe did on the weekend, congratulations on your PB, John Joe, at the weekend. Yeah, well yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no better feeling than driving home with your tunes blasting, knowing that you've just got a PB. And and knowing that you you know and you you may stop and get yourself a nice big Mars bar and a box of Pringles because you're allowed because you've done a PB and you treat yourself in the reward. Um, I think there's just a great feeling about that, and it's the same after the good training session. Um, I, I yeah, the, yeah I, after I, feeling yeah. I I mean I I always say I hate. I hate running alone. I hate training alone. Yeah. Um. Sadly, it's one of those things you've got to do when you train. If you're doing eighty, hundred mile plus weeks, what, you, what have you ever said that? <laughs> I always say. I, I've always said. I, I love to train with someone. I love okay, the social okay, side. Okay, you know okay, the reason. Okay. Um. You know, the, I, I love running with John Joe because he never shuts up uh, mm, until mm. I get bored of him and I put the foot down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but, he's, but he's catching up so one of these days he's, I'm not going to be able to shut yeah. him up I, 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 by the way just on that note a couple of times I, I've upset him and he does sprint off it is true I remember that going up to Red Rocks uh, near Carmel College and he, he started to just move away <laughs> I bet everyone wishes they could they could be as fast as Matthew whether yeah. like, <laughs> it would be a gift it would be a gift <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but it, 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 as you're saying, I'm at the social aspect of it. Uh, I mean, I mentioned when I was here a few weeks ago with you guys that when I stopped running, I felt like I'd lost my mates as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, 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 it is that aspect of it. Um, yeah, my friend David Devine, uh, name dropping here, you know. Oh, yeah. He um, booked the, to, the Olympian. The Olympian. Yeah, go on, okay. He booked yeah. a room in, um, you know, <laughs> he, he tells me we're friends now, you know, but I didn't realise we were that close. And when I opened the door, we were like four millimetres apart. So you, uh, <laughs> so, so you slept in the same bed as David Devine? Practic, yeah, yeah, that's my claim to fame. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't get a wink sleep. Top and tail. Um, didn't get a wink sleep. Well, Matthew, you know, you've got to, you've got to always got to. Anyway, moving on, moving on. That's not a pass. Yeah, just trying. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's let's should we get back to just wrap the marathons up a little bit before right. we move on because I've got loads of questions off some of the listeners here. Wonderful, you well. yeah, you have. So, we must uh, thank those people, by the way. Yeah, I will do. Yeah. Um, so just to finish up on the marathon, just the one, one more question is: out of the two of them, which one pleased you more? Because um, they're both huge achievements. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I enjoyed Manchester more. Um, I enjoyed the way I ran, you know, as much as, as I say, like, you know, I wanted more from the time or whatever. I enjoyed the way I ran. Um, I enjoyed the, the, just the overall feeling. I always felt in control, even though, you know, like I say, it did start to hurt towards the end, but I don't think any marathon isn't, you know, I think every marathon's going to hurt. Um, but uh, I always felt like there was, I was in control of myself. I think I got the nutrition and, and, and stuff right, which... It was definitely where I went wrong back at Cheshire, and it's something that I've, I've never really practiced, never really done. Even in this build-up, I was a little bit lackluster with, with practicing on it. I think I did one or two runs where I, where I practiced, um, and then completely did. You know, I, I took I took water at every water station. Never drank that much water in my life, um, as John Joe tells you. It was a warm day, though, wasn't it? It to was. Be fair. It was. Yeah. I, but I can't get through a run without stopping for a pee. So I mean, yeah. it's amazing I managed to, to handle it. To be fair, can, can we um, just before can we just talk about the nutrition if we can, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there'll be people people keen to know uh, on like how many gels, what you've yeah. done, and and stuff like that. So tell us about your nutrition plan for the day. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's weird because like, like I say, it's it's not something I've really practiced. Um, 
like when I did Cheshire, um, I basically like in the shop we had we had goo gels. Um, I, tr- I I just sampled all the gels we had in the shop, and I was like, well, I like the taste of them. It's salt and caramel. It's, that's cool. I love that. Um, just for the taste of it, and practice running with them at all, anything like that. Um, if anyone has practiced running with them, they're extremely thick. Um, and it was like it was like trying to eat a dessert while I ran, and I I think I got a mouthful of it that then ended up splattered across my face, and that was about all I took when I ran Cheshire. Um, hence the stitch and, and falling apart. Um, this time round, I was like, I'm gonna need something more more sort of liquid based maybe. Um, I got a sample of Morton sent to me. Um, I tried with that, and, and as much as everyone says like it's 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 um, it's a neutral flavour, like I thought it tasted horrible, and I hated like a little like like ball texture that it seems to have in it. It's like it's got like ball pellets of you know in there or something, and you you're trying to eat eating them. Um, so I sort of I, I, I sacked that off, and then I was like, well, Manchester's being sponsored by SIS. Um, I've got them in the shop. Let's let's just try them. I tried them in the past and didn't didn't like the texture of them. Um, and I, I tried the the electrolyte ones and they were a lot more water based. And I thought actually that's, that's, I can I can deal with that. I did a couple Sunday the, with John Joe and the, and the Liverpool lads and stuff like that. Um, where I carried them with me, uh, sort of 24, 25 mile runs and practiced with one or two of them on, on a run. Um, and then I did I did fourteen miles at marathon pace. Uh, I got my mum to drive me to to Worsley down the Lanks. Worsley, uh, she dropped me off there. She drove back uh, seven miles, set up a, a makeshift water station. Um, I carried a gel with me at six miles. I took the gel at seven miles. I grabbed a bottle of water. I ran with the bottle of water for the next 400, 800 meters or so, um, just sipping it, throwing it on my shoulders, on my head. It was a bit of a warm day. Um, and then came across a bin, threw it in the bin, and, and carried on. Um, and that was sort of me practice of taking on water and, and whether the gels sort of worked for me. What a legend uh, your mother's by the way. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Luckily, yeah. she understands these things yeah. and, and, and stuff. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a benefit from that, really. Um, and so, yeah, so on the day I was like, right, okay, I'm going to take water. I'm going to take water at every water station, even if it, uh, I'll grab a bottle of water. I might just throw it on my shoulder. I might not take a sip or anything. I just throw it on my shoulder and my head, stuff like that, and just cool me down. Because it was, it was a warm day, as you say, and it was humid. Um, but I, took, I, I did take a little sip, I, and again, I carried it with me 400, 800 meters or so every time. Um, I'd watched um, a group out in, in, in uh, Flagstaff uh, training on the, the Sweat Elite uh, videos on YouTube. They're, they're great, to be fair. Um, some great videos on there, and my coach and, and his team, the, the Hoka and AZ um, squad out there, um, have, have got a couple of videos in there, and then obviously their own videos as well. And th- this coach shouted to his athlete, he said, just carry it with you, carry it with you quarter mile, half a mile, just keep it on you, keep sipping, keep taking it, same with the gels, um, and in the past I've always grabbed them and then tried to down it as quick as I can and get rid of it, because I think it's extra weight in my hand, it's like I'm messing around with it, trying to take it and stuff like that, let's just get it and, and, and get gone, um, and so I tried doing it, like carrying it, and it, it works so much better, it's so much easier to actually take the water on, take the gel on and stuff like that, and so that's what I did, um, so in the race, yeah, I took... Um, my plan was to take one at uh, 8 miles, one at 16, and then one again if I needed it, um, I, I felt like I needed it at seven miles and again I'd listen to, to people say you know take it when you need it don't take it when you've planned or anything like that take it when you feel like you need it because, or before you think you need it because by the time you, you, you then take it it's, it's too late you're already starting to suffer Yeah. Um, so yeah seven miles I thought right okay I need a gel I'm taking the gel um, and then I probably had the other one at 14 and then I grabbed one on the course uh, about 20 um, I grabbed another one about 22 or something like that so yeah probably about four gels i took i did take a morton gel literally 25 minutes before the start i took a caffeine one um and i took a um 
a Revy Cafe Revy, uh, oh, Revy yeah. strip as well yeah. um, just literally as a head to the start line um, and I had a double espresso in the morning um, love, love me caffeine um, and then yeah and food wise leading into it basically I, I did um, John Joe loves this bit because two weeks out um, back in, in Cheshire I'd seen loads of people posting about um, carb depletion doing this carb depletion of the week of the race and stuff I like said, that I said and me. so uh, I said, I said yeah I think we he, he, saved, he saved me yeah, yeah. Uh, so like I um, I was gonna I was gonna carb deplete and stuff like that and I thought yeah I'll do that and uh, John Joe said, if you, if you actually, he said, that sounds like madness, absolute madness. I was going to do it in, in, a Ron, practice Ron run, in a practice run. I spoke to Dave Norman and Dave Norman had said he'd done it and he said that Ron Hill had done it and his dad, Jeff, Jeff Norman, had, had, had advised him on it. Um, so I thought, well, you know, if Dave's done it and those guys have done it, you know, yeah, let's try it. And I was going to do it before I did that 14 mile marathon pace run. Um, and John Joe went, this seems mad. This seems like madness. What are you on about? Why would you do that? He said, have you actually coach? And I said, no, I've not asked my coach. He said, well, you're paying your coach. Surely you should ask your coach about these things. So I, I messaged my coach. Um, obviously, he's out in the States. So, got a, so I did one day of carb depletion. Um, and then sort of 1 a.m., 2 a.m., my coach replied to me and said, please don't do that. <laughs> please yeah. do not do that. Um, so I was like, next morning I came down. I was like, John Joe, he'd, he'd, he'd been trying to tempt me all night with biscuits and stuff like that. And uh, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go downstairs and eat those biscuits. And he'd take them to work with him, and I was absolutely good. Um, <laughs> but um, but then yeah, so I I, I started, the, I went back on and just ate as a normal. Um, but leading into the race, into the marathon, I did basically, I did, um, I just had, I just, I ate as normal through the day, and then I think it was Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, I just had pasta for, for my tea each one of those nights. And then Saturday night, the night before the race, I had um, a Big Mac, um, portion of chicken nuggets, um, large fries, uh, a Fanta, uh, and a Budweiser. Um, and that was my, my pre-race. And that's pretty much my pre-race meal going into into any race, to be fair, McDonald's and a Budweiser. What's the theory behind the Budweiser? So, um, well, the theory behind the Budweiser and the McDonald's is all, it's just, one, it's, well, the, the McDonald's specifically is you can get it anywhere in the world you go. If you're going to go and race anywhere, you can always find a McDonald's. Um, and it's the, pretty much the same menu, everything like that. So you're guaranteed you've got food that you know uh, and you trust. Um, and, it's, and, and then the reason between the McDonald's and the Budweiser is that it's just... It's just casual. It's so it's such a casual thing to have. It's such like it's not like you know oh I've got to weigh out me me pastor. I've got to weigh out this do that. It's like just a casual, normal, down to earth sort of thing that it just feels like it just takes that bit of pressure off and just relaxes you. I think this is what they call the placebo effect. Yeah, and it probably is, but uh, but but it works. You know, or yeah, it, you know, I, I mean, feel it works. You there's, know, so. there's, there's one of them. It's always one of them with your nutrition the night before your meal because you never know whether that meal helps you the next day or not because you never don't have it. You know, so if you had a great run, was it because of the McDonald's or was it because of the pasta? You don't know really yeah. because you you and you can never compare it because it just could be you on a day. Tony O'Brien recommended a book called I think it's as you say Racing Weight yeah. by Fitzgerald. Yeah, and we bought we bought the book, and I opened it, and it looked like very heavy reading, you know. And I don't weigh myself, so I'm, you know. It's, it's, Matthew read five pages, and, and, I, and I felt like it was telling me I I I, uh, I shouldn't running. I shouldn't be a runner. I shouldn't be a marathon runner. I'm the wrong build and the wrong <laughs> and the wrong weight and all the rest of it. And I thought, okay, I'm not reading But, but, but I, 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 I think we should go. I really think we should go back to that. Yeah, book because I, yeah, probably should. I think we should be. You know, we should overlook a few statements in the first couple of pages and I think that I think there I'll is something a bit, I probably do better <laughs> there's some probably some 
very good information in that book. Well, I, I remember watching a documentary once. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I can't remember what it was called, but it was about a journalist, a guy who was a, um, just a, a journalist. He was about 15 stone when he first started, and he was trying to do some research into why we don't have more sub-220 runners anymore in, 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 in the UK. Because I think if you go back to the 80s, we had much more sub-220 marathon yeah. runners than what we do now. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, Interesting. So, well, so he he done a, a little bit of research on it, uh, on on why that would be the case, and then he, he decided he would turn himself into a marathon runner. Um, and fair play to him, he he dedicated two years to this, and he lost loads of weight, and it, he didn't quite get to where he wanted to in the end. But it was a really interesting watch. But during the, the documentary, he goes to like Kenya and Ethiopia, and goes to different and studies different cultures of how different people um, operate. And he actually speaks to Ron Hill, your mate, Ron Hill. (laughs) (laughs) He speaks to Ron Hill. And and Ron Hill comes out with a quote. uh, And it's possibly a pattern for you, Matt. I don't mean any offence by this. He said, well, he can't be a good marathon runner because he looks too healthy. (laughs) 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 He said, you know, you know when you're flying because you go to work and everyone says you look ill. (laughs) That's uh, there's some truth in that as well, isn't there? Very gaunt, the gaunt Luke that we we yeah. have. You never been? Has never? No one ever said to you? Well, they said to me, by the way. I'm not. This is not an insult. That you look um, sickly, or you look, you know. You I, look, I, that's, I mean, you never my, had that I, comment. A mate of mine, he's. He, have you never had that comment. Not sickly. Not sickly. <laughs> I've, had, I've had worse, by the way. I've had worse. A, <laughs> a mate of mine who who was very honest and very straight to the point and very brutal. In a in an upside down way, his way of giving you a compliment, compliment he'd say to me, Ian, you look like a fucking smackhead. And then that's when I know. I, say, I think I'm going. I'm, I'm, in, good I'm, I'm in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I I get the opposite of that one. I get like, oh, you look like you put weight on. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. I don't. It's what not, does that mean to you? <laughs> well, well, I know I'm a I'm a bigger runner. I, I'm a chunkier runner. Um, and I do, I do stand on the start line sometimes, and I think these guys are all in absolute, you know, perfect marathon shape. It's this textbook sort of shape of of what a distance runner should look like, and I don't look like that. Um, and you know, like I mean, we see, we see, you know, we see athletes all the time. You know, Alice McCoglin gets a lot of like. Um, She's phenomenal. Anyway. She She's is phenomenal. absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And, loads of sort of like trolls online sort of go after her and, and talk about her weight and how it's, it's stuff like that and there's I think you know and it goes back to the old days of, of, of running and people did they used to comment you know you go to, you go to some of the the older clubs and stuff like that and people will just say things and it's it's I think I mean for me it's like well I run like I was chatting to my physio this morning and I said like I could do with losing about half a stone I'm 11 stone at the moment um, and I've been 11 stone for the last two or three years everything I've tried I don't seem to lose any weight um, but I'm also running on me to the best times of it. Yeah, I think if I lost half a stone and I got down to about 10 and a half, I'd probably just find myself running that little bit more efficient. Um, but would you lose some strength with it? Would I lose some strength in that? Mm. I don't know. And, and, you know, you wonder that. I mean, you know, if you put me, my height and things like that and stuff into it, into the, the race weight calculators and stuff like that, it comes out saying I should be something like 9 stone 3 to 9 stone 5. Mm. There's not a chance in hell I get down to that weight. I'm just not no. that sort of build. No. Uh, you no. know, my dad, my, dad was, my dad was a slighter build. I think I, I, I follow my mum. My mum wasn't she when she went and picked up her Olympic tracksuit um, you know, for the marathon, a volunteer said to her, Oh, are you one of the coaches or something like that? Because she'd put on a bit of weight. She wasn't, you know, in, in pristine marathon shape because up until two weeks prior to it she wasn't going to the Olympics to run a marathon. She wasn't going to the Olympics at all. Um, mm. she was a late call up. Um and you know, but I think that's where, you know, it is. It's it's 
there is some real negativity in our sport and some real sort of um, you know comments that people make and I, I think at the end of the day you know you've got to let the running do the talking for you and just and go out there and do it you know that's what Ailish does um, you know I mean she's on a whole other level isn't she but you know um, you know, that's what I try and do myself is that, you know, I know I'm not the, the typical build for a marathon runner or a distance runner. I'm probably more like an 800-1500 metre runner build. Um, but I know I haven't got the sharp speed to, to match those guys at those distances. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Should we get some of the questions off some of the listeners? Do you think we should bring some of them in now? Got, yes, yeah, please. Yeah, some questions yet. So, um, I, I've sent a few messages out telling people I was going to be co-hosting this today. And some people have come back with some questions that they would like to ask. Matt, so, um, first question is is basically on your weekly mileage. What we on on average normally, what would be your weekly mileage? Um, probably. I mean, this this marathon build up, it was about eighty. Um, back for for Cheshire, um, it was I was it was a hundred. Um, it was twelve weeks at hundred miles, pretty much. Um, this one is eighty, basically because I came off a bit of injury, a bit of. Um, sort of mental health sort of things and stuff like that in the lead up uh, before I started this marathon block and my coach just wanted me to just 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 do what I could do sort of thing just build up gradual and stuff like that and so so that's what I did um, and we just hit 80 we hit a 90 so week in there once or twice but yeah um, 80 is what we averaged and I think I think that sweet spot between 80 and 100 is, is what works well for me I think the times I've gone over 100 I think I, I, I push the risk of, of injury a little bit too much um, so yeah, 80, 80 So let's talk about eighty, right? Yeah. So to get to eighty miles a week, yeah, builder. Um, yeah. How, how? I mean, how does that? Have you just always been able to run eighty miles a week, or has that been a steady build up? So I mean, I so I started back running back in twenty sixteen. Um, I took I had about five six years out from the sport, um, and I started back and. I was like, I came back saying, right, I'm going to be a sub four minute miler. That's what I'm going to do this year. I'm going to train to be a sub four minute miler. Um, I'd never run more than 50 miles a week. That was all I ever ran back as a teenager. It was the highest I ever did. Um, I then decided to run. Um, I, I got up to 60, got up to 70. Um, I was following, I'd, I'd read Mo Farah's biography. I'd read uh, Alberto Salazar's uh, biography. And he was talking about Mo and Galen and how they never ran anything slower than six minute mile pace. That was it. So I went, okay, I'm going to do everything at 60 mile pace. And I was doing 60 miles, 70 miles, 80 miles, and then got injured because like, I just couldn't hold that pace for that sort of mileage. So I dropped back down and then decided to run. You know what, like, that's my tempo pace. Everything, everything else would be nice and comfy and easy and stuff like that and just get the miles. So I built up and yeah, you know, by the end of the first year back running, I, was doing, I did my first 100 mile week. Um, and then I sort of kept that average around that 80 to 100 and just kept doing that. And then I decided to do... Um, 100 back in lockdown my dad's highest mileage week was 144 wow. that was the highest, and that was when you know uh, the likes of um, Bedford and Moorcroft and stuff like that were doing like 200 plus miles and, and things like that a week and stuff um, but you know the shop was closed um, I had nothing really else to do and stuff like that so I thought I'm going to try and do what my dad did and, and see if I can do 144 miles um, being the competitive person I am I made it 145 um, but um, you know and, and to be fair I enjoyed the whole experience of that it was good I didn't feel like I was killing myself on it and stuff like that some of the paces were a little bit quick because some of the people I decided to run with wanted to run a little bit uh, quicker John Joe Dave Wilson just to, to name a few there <laughs> um, but um, you know yeah it was, you know, it was it was great to sort of do that see that I could do that with my body and push it to there uh, but also know that actually you know I don't need to go to that level and things that I think that 80 to 100 is, is what what's going to work best and 
someone's asked here, do you think it's possible for anyone to, to build up the mileage like you've done to get to it easy? Or do you think there's some sort of biological cap with certain people? I don't think so, no. I, th- I think the biggest constraint is, is time. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, as much as, you know, I have the luxury that in a way I, I, I live and train to a degree like the professional runners out there. You know, the, you know the, I, I own my own business. Um, you know, I set the hours. I, I don't, we don't open the shop till 11. Um, and we close at half five. So I've got plenty of time in the morning to train. I've got plenty of time in the evening to train. And the my business partner is my mum. And she's been... Uh, you know, she's been an elite elite runner. She she has been a professional well professional runner before professional runners existed, sort of thing. And um, you know, she understands where I'm coming from. If I need to, if I'm running a bit late and stuff like that, I drop her a message saying, oh, I, you know, I've had a lie in. I still need to go out and get me ten miles in. I'm only going to come in for twelve or one o'clock. I get that. Um, she she gets it and she she's okay with it, sort of thing. So, you know, I I do have that benefit over over someone who's working a full a full time job and doesn't have the control over their hours yeah. or who's got a, you know a family and things like that I, I don't I don't have that and we've got another question here Go from Cassandra how do you split <laughs> sessions up in a week do you believe in polarized training now John Joe will get lost on this bit polarized training you've got no idea what that means do you? That's well, I he's going to explain so the polarized training method is an 80-20 split it's something what the marathon runners in Kenya and Ethiopia mm. use a lot a lot of cyclists use it as well what do you mean by 80-20 sorry so 80% of your training of your time that you're doing is very very easy and 20% of it is very very oh, hard I see you mean. I see you yeah, yeah. Um, well if you've got three sort of two three speed sessions a week and then you've got your other easy running only seven days in a week three out of seven that wouldn't be 80-20 though would it It'd be more like forty uh, percent, maybe thirty. 30 so, so I mean, I always 30. used I always used to be three when I was doing five k, ten k sort of stuff. It was it was three sessions a week and easy runs the rest of the time. Uh, since I've swapped to the marathon, it is two sessions a week, and the rest is, is easy running. That's uh, more like the eighty twenty, yeah. isn't it? So, oh, um, yeah, two sessions. Yeah. Well, so yeah. and, and I know sessions yeah. are sort of like one is one is like a, a shorter session. So it'd be on. I, I I love to go to track. I always feel like a different runner on the track. I. I I wish I was I was more of a track runner than I feel like, I, but I feel like I am better suited for the roads. And uh, but I love to train on the track. So yeah, usually a Tuesday night or a Wednesday, I'll do a track session, and that'll be anywhere between sort of four hundreds up to well, actually three hundred to do twenty times three hundred is one of the sessions I do. But um, up to sort of a couple of miles worth of effort, um, you know, uh, yeah, fifteen times a mile or something like that. Uh, sort of stuff. Um, I know I've dragged John Joe to, to a, a forty by four hundred meter session once before. Wow. He, he, yeah, he, 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 he dropped to the twenty by four hundred in it, but, uh, but he, he kept me going at least. He insisted on taking a picture of me with all my muscles. You know, I'm just <laughs> the uh, the eighty twenty. But I can see that now because you train sometimes twice a day, don't you? So those easy yeah, runs. So, the, be, yeah. so I mean, yeah. the, the the theory behind it is is that the easy is really easy. Yeah. You know, so for you, you're probably talking sevens, seven days. Yeah, seven. Day, I always, I, I, I think this marathon block I said to myself and, and it was runs I went out with John Joe and stuff like that um, I said I said I don't want to go any slower than 7.30 really that's, yeah. that's probably the slowest I want to run it on a Sunday though the long run would be like 6.30 wouldn't it yeah the lads the lads push it on us stuff and, um, and obviously I, I, I get carried away I've got a question of one of the listeners sometimes. here about the Sunday run because now you're oh. a bit of a celebrity um, <laughs> people are starting to spot you around everywhere and you have been spotted in West Derby running with some Liverpool Harriers so yeah. one of the questions that was asked by one of the listeners <laughs> is are you planning a transfer? Well, we, 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 we sincerely hope so. Well, yeah. If well, he's training with us, he, he should do us the honour and um, 
really, you know. I tra- I, the thing is, I, I train on on a Sunday with the with the lads. Um, I have I have said that if they can get uh, Nathan Jones back, maybe I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll jump in a, a Liverpool vest as well because I would love to uh, to take uh, a northern just... a northern road title relay title because uh, yeah. I do love the road relays. Um, but um, you know, it's it's. I, I mean, I'm chairman of, of St Helens Sutton at the moment. Um, I've been for the last couple of years. Um, I always said if I was ever to leave Sutton, I, I would probably join um, either uh, one of my mum or dad's clubs, so Warrington or Sale, um, or I'd go to St Helens Striders, uh, which is uh, what we, the, the club my granddad founded. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think the thing is, I, I've got the support of St Helens and the people of St Helens and my business and stuff like that, so I, it, it does... In my head, as much as like I'd love to have a, a, a Northern Road Relay title, which I'm sure if you know the lads that got at Liverpool, um, you know if I even made the team with some of the guys that they have there, if they if they if they all rocked up and stuff like that, um, you know could get, um, they've had it before, and so you know it's one of those ones where you know I love training with the lads, and yeah, if 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 uh, if Nath joins up, I have I have sort of said that um, I probably would uh, would join up as well. So they might hold me to that if Nath does it, but um, I'm I'm sort of going on the lines that I don't think he will, and that that that, that is a promise I don't have to keep, but um, we'll see. <laughs> I do see Matthew as more of a scouser now, and on a Sunday that the spirit of of and, and the way in which those individual working together, it's it's really uplifting. It, it it's. You can't describe it really, and you you've mentioned yourself in your own bubble. You yeah. know that the, the the forget the competition. Even you know you've said that you've had enough of that, maybe, or you still enjoy it. But it's it's the, the most important thing to you, and I can I can empathise with you here is the spirit of the group, the people sort of having those jovial conversations and pushing one another further forward. And Matthew has been a part of this. This Scouse project, whether he, he likes it or not, you know, and um, we we long to see him in, in the beloved gold. Paint him yellow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, going back to the sessions, Matt. The the so you've got your your, your speed session that you do. What day would that normally come on? Um, so it's usually like a Tuesday or a Wednesday uh, sort of evening, yeah. Yeah, and then the the, the next session you do because while you're a marathon chain, you've done two a week. So yeah. the, the next session would be what the weekend or um, you... yeah, so it would be sort of either Saturday or Sunday. Um, so a lot of it, a lot of them ended up perfectly falling uh, on the Sunday with the with the Liverpool lads. Um, so yeah, as John was saying, like they usually run at like six thirty pace down to six minute pace. Um, and so yeah, I'd run with them and then I'd carry on and do sort of 24, 25 miles. The, the lads are usually doing thirteen to fifteen miles on a Sunday. Um, so I I just carry on and do whatever the, the session was. So um, I mean, one of them it was it was um, a two mile warm up followed by ten times a mile um, at marathon pace or, or just a bit faster. Um, and so and then a, a mile uh, float uh, recovery in between. So I basically did me mile effort and then mustered back to the lads, uh, ran with them until I hit a, a mile float finish, and then set off again on, on another mile effort, um, and that got me through. Um, a good sort of 15 miles or so worth of running with uh, with the guys sort of thing which was great and then yeah obviously being in in, in West Derby um, around Croxton and stuff like that and then it's a nice sort of six seven mile home uh, from there so I just do me run with them and usually just finish it by running running back so that would be then your long run at the same time as your session combined yeah. in one yeah, if you yeah, like yeah. so that was yeah. yeah and then the rest of the days were just basically steady running yeah it was sort of it usually the, the day was made up of sort of um sort of like four mile in the morning and 10 mile evening or, or or reverse 10 mile morning four mile in the evening um and then um and yeah that was sort of the paces but yes anywhere between sort of 
six to, to seven thirty uh, pace uh, per mile. Um, you know, John Joe sometimes was feeling good and, and would push us on and stuff, so we'd have a little bit quicker and things. Um, other days it was yeah solo and stuff like that, and I'd probably relax a little bit more into it. And would you operate on a system of kind of blocks of three with a, with a one week easy or blocks of two? Don't we, or would you just keep going? No, and just keep going. Yeah, yeah, just keep going. Um, usually building to be fair, it's usually like um, you know we go 80, 80, 85, 90. Um, when I was doing hundred. The, the, the first marathon block back in at the start of the year um, you know it was it was kept building we went up to like 110 and then we, we, we gradually dropped back 105 110, 100 so you built, sort of built, so, built up and then dropped and then down and back down to like that 100 sort of point but you never had like a deload leak as, as no, they call not it really. no really yeah. no uh, not until sort of the taper and again the taper wasn't I don't really like to taper I always feel like it it, it I feel uh, a bit lethargic from it and a bit, a bit just out of sorts Um so I still like keep a, a really good quality session in there, um, and then yeah, we, obviously we drop the miles off a bit and stuff. I think I think my marathon week, including the marathon, ended up being something like sixty-seven miles. Um, so obviously take off the, the twenty-six there, and you, yeah, you, know, you get a, the rest of it. When you are out doing your steady runs, do you concentrate on pace? Do you concentrate on heart rate zones? Do you, do you follow heart rate? Are you no, a zone uh, two type of person. Or? No, I don't, I don't follow heart rate at all. Mostly because um, you know I, I think um, unless you've got the heart the, the heart rate straps, the chest straps and stuff like that, um, you, you, the the wrist based stuff's just so inaccurate, um, especially on garments. Um, you know, if I had a polar or something like that, maybe I'd, I'd follow it a little bit more. Um, but the one point of data reading on a, on a Garmin is just useless. Um, yeah. I, I just don't see any point in it if you're going to do heart rate. You really need to invest in something that's designed specifically for that. Um, and yeah, obviously getting a chest strap or something like that is, is a way of doing that. But I just feel uncomfortable when I've, when I've worn them in the past. So um, so yeah, I don't focus too much on that. Um, and if you look at any of my Strava data and any of the heart rate data on there, it's it's... I think from basically mile one all the way through to the end of the marathon, it was like 180 beats per minute, um, which I would think was clearly um, yeah. wrong because yeah. otherwise, otherwise uh, I was in some serious danger there. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I focus sort of, I, I just try and keep within those parameters of pace. But um, and I know if I say this, this next thing, which I just try and run how I feel that day, John Joe's going to um, jump at that because uh, he, he says I'm always looking at me watch and. and uh, running more on, on, on my watches data and stuff like that which is true I, you know I, I follow it and I, I take uh, the data readings and stuff like that that it's, it's saying for the pace but um, I think if I'm feeling good and I'm feeling bouncy you know I, I like to push push on on the run um, if, I'm, if I'm not feeling so good I'll, I'll be I'll, you know I'm feeling sluggish I, I'll drop back and there's plenty of runs where either I've dropped John Joe because I'm feeling good or he's dropped me because he's feeling good and, and I'm not that day sort of thing and um, you know, we'll we'll start and sort of maybe finish together, but uh, somewhere in the middle we, we separate. And do you always run to distance, Matt, rather than time? I mean, I, I sometimes I just go off for the two hour run. And yeah. I, don't, I don't really look because I run off road. Yeah. I don't really look at how fast or how far I've gone. I just run for two hours and then go home. You know, do you ever, or are you always about? I'm gonna do four miles. I'm gonna do seven miles. Yeah, that? generally, um, unless like it's. Um, it is sort of like a recovery run so you know it's after a hard race or something like that and it's literally like yeah I'm just going out and doing X amount of minutes sort of thing um, that's the only time I sort of run to time the rest of the time yeah it's it's, it's sort of I want to try and hit this many miles and, and do that uh, for this run and stuff and, and that's how I watch it and yeah. yet the, the antidote I think to <clears throat> relaxing going out there and running free is to you know from your doorstep, you will know certain routes, six miles, eight miles. I know David does this, and he doesn't wear a watch, but at the same time, he knows how many miles he's covering. Yeah. He's running free, he's relaxed. 
at the same time is an idea of what, what, what ground is covered. Uh, Sometimes I go for a run and my wife, I get home, my wife says to me, how far did you go? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just ran, just ran for two hours. And yeah, I, yeah, I left the house yeah. at six in the morning, I had to be home by eight, so I just came home at eight o'clock. You know, that's yeah. that's pretty much sometimes yeah, when yeah. I'm switching off, just go and run around some of the... You still have a clock on to tell the time, that's all you're telling, just the time. Yeah, no, I mean, I have it set, but I never really look to see, I'm just, I'm just not looking at the clock, see what time it is, yeah? So yeah. I've got to be home in 10 minutes, so I'll head back now. Yeah. You know, nice. That's nice. Well, I think that's, that's, not, uh, that's a great yeah, way to... Yeah, I, I mean, that's how I used to, you know, before I had a Garmin, so I, I, I mean, yeah, I got a Garmin, like, I think I got one in 2000 and... 13 or something like that 2014 um yeah 2014 is when i bought my house um and uh i i had i got a garmin then and um i think i wore it for about three months and it told me i was getting slower and slower on every run and it, it went away in a draw uh basically yeah. <laughs> i didn't wear it again until 2016 and um, it was me yeah when i tried to make a comeback in 2014 um and yeah that lasted probably the three weeks that i wore a garmin for and it said i was getting slower and, and went away but um yeah, um, I used to run. Yeah, with with, with nothing um, when I was a teenager and stuff like that. When I was track racing and, and things, um, so um, and it was just routes that my dad used to run on and, and, and go out on, and he'd, he'd take me with me and we we revise my exams and stuff like that. <laughs> just um, looking at some of these very interesting questions that have been sent in <laughs> here, on and uh, the the one I can that stands out to me is sex ban question mark. <laughs> Um, so that was my abbreviation to one of the questions that came in. And one of the questions that, that came in from one of, one of the lads I know, he, he, asked, he asked, you know, do you have a, a sex ban on the night before the big race? Um, That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm really hoping that... Um, well, I know my girlfriend's going to be listening to this. I'm hoping she's <laughs> passing on to her parents. I hope your mum's not listening to it. There will be, there'll be a band pl- putting place yeah. after, after uh, this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, no I, I, don't, I don't have a band. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm... Would you think it would hinder performance or improve performance? It's a good, <laughs> a good question. Now, Kelzaki, the, the, the Welsh boxer, he would apparently have sex before he entered the ring. Is yeah, that, yeah. Have you heard that one? No. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> But uh, I, I would imagine you'd be... Uh, I don't know what I can say here and get away with and what I can't. Well, but, uh, I'm giving you a bit of time here. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'd imagine it would hinder, really, because you're losing energy, aren't you? So basically it's energy that could be better served. Matt doesn't like to taper, though, does he? Likes to stay sharp. Yeah. A good warm-up. Yeah, likes to stay sharp. Yeah. Yeah, so go on, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could, you could argue that it, it's getting the, the heart going and the, the lungs <laughs> open and things like that, isn't it? It's a, it's a bit of a pre-race warm-up, isn't it? But, um, yeah, I mean... I, Next question. Maybe it... Maybe it <laughs> 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 Actually, I don't... <laughs> Should we move on, then? Moving on, moving on, moving on. We don't know. We don't know, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll have to ask John, do we like science experiments to uh, yeah. conduct so, a study? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's very cleverly shifted this, uh, this question, but this question will have to stay on the page. So, um, yeah. So, do you do, do you periodize your, your your training? Like, do you have an off season? Do you do different things in the winter to what you do in the summer? Um, I, like I always used to. Um, so, I mean, yeah. My, I mean, my routes are you know originally eight hundred meter, fifteen hundred meter running, cross country running through the winter, um, bit of road in between, and then you know back to the eights and fifteens. Um, 
I then spent time doing 5k sort of track races and stuff like 15 5k sort of stuff and again that was the same cross country a uh, bit of road in, in the mix in between the two seasons and stuff like that but um, yeah now with the marathon like I, I, I don't it's, it's basically fallen into a, a sort of a marathon you know, I suppose what should be a, a two marathons a year season um um, obviously that didn't, that didn't two, two marathons a month whatever, yeah, yeah, you, know, whatever same you know same difference yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, you know yeah so it's it sort of fallen into that I mean the, the plan going forward now is, is yes Seville in, in February is the next one I want to try and do a little bit of some 10k's um, maybe 10 milers stuff like that um, if I can um, I think I, 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 I meant to have a half marathon out in the Caribbean that I've been invited out to, to run in, in the end of November um, I've just got to dig out and find my passport because it has gone has gone missing on me, um, and time is running short to order a new one. Um, but um, yeah, do do Seville. Hopefully, try and race and try and achieve that that uh, Commonwealth Games standard of two fourteen um, at the very least, at the very least at a PB. And then and then if it, obviously if I do run the standard, it, it's then a question of do I, I have a six week period then to uh, turn around for another marathon of Manchester because it's the Commonwealth trials then mm. um, and do I play that tactically or do I sit on the sidelines and, and cross my fingers um, obviously you've got to run the standard first is, is, the, is the main part of that so don't get too ahead of yourself um, but, I, I, but I, I think what I'd like to do whether or not I run the standard to be fair is um, is, is, is to have a track season next year um, I was chatting to, to uh, Jeff Smith at, uh, at Crossley Park run the other week, mm-hmm. uh, the week after Manchester, and he was saying to me, you know, you, you really need to go and revisit the five k and ten k and get those times down, because um, it will make those four forty sevens, those four fifties, five minute miles that I'm, that I'm running at the start of the marathon feel easy and comfortable yeah. and feel like it can be sustained for the rest of the race as well. Um, you know, he, he said, he said you want you, you know you want to be sub fourteen, you want to be, you know low 29s even into 28s for the 10k uh, which are things I think I'm capable of doing um, but I think I need to train for them a little bit and, and do that specifically um, so yeah that, I think that's what I'd like to do this summer uh, next summer um, and then probably I'll target um, New York is the one I'd like to go do marathon then so or the Commonwealth Games or the Commonwealth Games yeah you know we'll, we'll see and stuff is it, is it hosted it's in Birmingham, Birmingham so, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. it's uh, nice and uh, scenic yeah uh, you know um, <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah New, New, I, you know New York's my mum and dad's first ever marathon so it's one of those ones that I'd, I'd quite like to go and do and with it being sort of a um, mid-November sort of race it gives me that little bit more time to enjoy a, a track season um, and have a go at a track season before having to start a marathon training block so we may see you back at the podium 5k then Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted by the one in December. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I'll, um, probably, I'll probably be there. Uh, now, I'm sure John John wants to talk about this because he mentioned it earlier on. The, 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 there was, during lockdown, there was a podium 5K virtual event, um, which you were, for the listeners that, that, that don't know, you, you were accused of something that I'd never heard of, to be honest, which was, is it called GPS doping? Virtual doping. So, so you during lockdown, I think it was a 14, 15, was it? You recorded? No, I ran, I ran a 13.45. Okay, th- sorry, yeah, 13.45 <coughs> that you recorded in a virtual competition. Um, mm. And then some of the some of the people out there were, were starting to, to doubt 
Yeah. Is yeah, that, yeah. that where, where it was true or not? Can you give give us some information on that? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, we 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 have talked about this back in I think episode three. Uh, we we had a good chat about it, but um, yeah, I mean, I did I did this pro, this virtual race. Obviously, there was we had um, various stuff going on. We had uh, was it Ross Barkley or something like that, the footballer that that had, um, he done. He was trying to do a six sub sixteen, or he did a sub sixteen five k, and yeah. and when people looked at it, he'd. Um, He'd been pausing his running. It was done. It was like an effort session, and, and yeah. the elapsed time shows uh, different. Um, yeah, I mean, I ran, I ran, I ran this. I, I said at the time um, on my Strava, uh, it's still on there. Um, Strava didn't take it down because it was seen as being um, a valid, a valid run. Um, that it, you know, GPS errors. You know, working with GPS watches, selling them and stuff like that. We, you know, I know that you're talking anywhere between 150 meters, 300 meters out. Um, more so certain devices, less so other ones. Um, and when you, you compute that to the 1345, you're talking around, um, you know, 1415 to 1440 sort of pace, uh, which I've run before, which I've since run um, since then again, when races did come back and things, I ran that at podium. Um, so, you know, I, I, all, for, me, all, for me, what it was was a sign that I was in good shape, um, you know, that... It was solo sort of thing, but then you know again you compare my podium efforts that we've talked about earlier on. They've been solo to the last two hundred meters or so. Uh, yeah, if anyone can run solo, you can. Then then people have caught me up and passed me. So you know, if I'm running, if I'm running fourteen forty solo, well then you know, yeah, it's decent shape to running and stuff like that. But um, it's also sort of what I've run anyway. Um, <coughs> what is your your legitimate you know your best time for five k? Fourteen eighteen. Fourteen eighteen, but this was thirteen forty five. Yeah. So. Um, and which, which you know, as I said, it was. I knew it wasn't th- wasn't worth thirteen forty five. It was. It was, you know, twenty, thirty seconds, forty seconds slower. Uh, really, when you when you put in the GPS inaccuracy. So when when if if I was gonna do a virtual event, mm. I'd use a course that I know was quite quick and yeah. a course that I know that I've used before. Yeah. So when you done this on this course, is it a course that you'd used before? Is it lapsed? Did you think it was short? Um, well, it was it was laps. Um, it was yeah. It was it was just around Queens Park. I'd done it a couple of times. I'd run I'd run a fourteen fifteen on it. I'd done a fourteen forty on it because the virtual podium had like a couple of different rounds, and so um, I'd done you know I'd done various times in it, and it was the last round, and I just went as hard as I could, sort of thing. On so it, really. so when you were when you were doing it, and it was it's laps of the park, you say. Yeah. yeah. When you ran fourteen thirty on that park, how many laps was it? <clears throat> um, it was. It was about. It was. It was like podium. It was about one point two k a lap. So yeah. it's like four and a bit laps of it. So when you done this thirteen forty five, was was it the same distance? It was the same, yeah, because yeah. because it, it was the park. I had the, the start point and the yeah. end point, so I just ran the same loop basically. You, did, um, you didn't cut through the middle. Didn't through <laughs> the middle, no. Um, so, you know, so so arguably whether the GPS is accurate or or not accurate for you personally you've just run a quick time a very very quick time on that particular yeah, course yeah, yeah. so yeah and, I mean, and, and what happened at that particular time I think Matthew was then progressing to the final which you you dropped out of I, I, I yeah know, so I so the so the, the you know these guys started uh, trolling online and stuff like that. and and you know the, the, I mean the sad thing is is that these guys that were doing it were. Uh, GB representatives. They were they were much faster runners than me. You know, really talented lads. Um, still are really talented lads. I think they've had fantastic track seasons this this summer and things like that. Um, and so it was really sad, really, and and and, and out there because I I didn't actually know uh, any of them. Um, 
So it wasn't like it was like something, you know, we rubbed shoulders in the past and not got on or something like that at a race, um, unless I'd forgotten about it or something like that. But uh, I, I wasn't aware of who they were sort of thing. Um, um, and so, yeah, they, 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 you know, they went on this attack. And for me, that was sort of the sad state of, of you know, it shows the sad state of the, the elitist side of our sport where, you know, these guys that are good quality runners are, you know, um, much better runners than me. And, and you know, I'm... I, being GB athletes, so people I look up to, because th- that's what I want. I want to get a GB vest, you know. Um, <coughs> obviously, I don't know whether you know the lockdown had got to them and stuff, and they were bored and you know affected themselves, and and you know this is where they decided to take it out or whatever. But yeah, you know they 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 had um, another lad a couple of weeks earlier. He'd been they did attacked him. Um, I don't know if the same guys attacked him or not, but he he had stuff online posted about him and his performance as well. Um, he then went and ran the rest of the routes actually on the podium course because he, he lived local enough to there that he went there so that no one could argue with his with his loop. Um, but yeah, I mean, on a loop course, you're always going to get GPS errors. Um, you know, podium itself comes up a lot. So bringing, uh, the, bringing, the, list, bringing the listener up to date, so now most recently, this, this has stayed with you, this... this um, uh, and after his, his successes with Manchester and Liverpool, um, we can see that this, this young man here across the table is very talented very fast and he's perhaps will improve further who knows how far he may go without limits just like the film you've seen the film and um, the uh, bring us up to date Matthew because most recently now you are you have been given uh, even this week you, yeah, you've, yeah told, so. you've told you've informed me and I, I may say that the way I see this is you've got these guys you know and and Runners World have, have have they've decided to do an article on your good self and, and you've given them some feedback which you genuinely thought was 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 wise words and you this article and I, I just see it as jealousy really because although they may be faster, they think that every particular light must be pointed on them and no one who may be slightly slower, whatever, you know, a few minutes doesn't really matter. And there's there's a bit of envy perhaps and um but in terms of the legitimacy of these arguments they're jumping on this with with no evidence and it's it's quite ridiculous because you've ran some very good times you've done very well um and you, i think ian would agree he's pro- proven himself um in in many ways so yeah i mean i mean the, i mean the thing to me was that if um like obviously the run they pulled up they were saying that yeah some um what i'd done was was um you, you can supposedly um I've been found out about it. Post this. This is what they were saying. I was doing was that you can, um, you can put your uh, GPX file into like some software, and you can then you can then speed it up and slow it down and things. And what that does is it leaves little patches in your um, your Strava data in the charts, it, little plateaus, um, which yeah, my that that run had that in looked like it had those plateaus in there. Um, but you could also then go back and look at any of my runs. Um, for probably the, the three four months prior to that as well, um, easy runs, you know, eight minute nine minute mile runs and stuff like that, um, and they also had them. So I was either doing that for every run I went on, um, which I don't know what benefit I would get from that, um, or you know, it was something GPS related issue with the, with the you, technology so has Ian any advice for Matthew dealing with trolls and, and what you think of this particular situation 
I'd, well, I don't think he needs my advice because all he does is let us run and do the talking. And yeah. you only have to look at the last two or three weeks of what Matt's been through. Yeah, and yeah. I think yeah. the, the, the only way to, to it, answer but, any critics is just to do what he's just done. And yet these critics have come af- at the back after the, after those successes. Though, but when they? you're in the spotlight like Matt is at the yeah, moment because yeah. he's won these yeah. big races and as I said at the start of the show he's the most talk about man in the northwest in terms of his running abilities. Everyone you speak to yeah, yeah. talks about the lad who won Manchester and who won Liverpool. Yeah, Anyone yeah. who is in running... When you're in the spotlight like like that is, you are going to get yeah. hundreds and hundreds of positive messages, but you're always going to get the negatives. You mentioned Ailish McColgan before. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know she's in the spotlight. You know, you know, on a bigger scale, oh, yeah. she still gets a lot a lot of choice. Yeah. You're going to get them. And, um, and how do you deal with it? Would you deal with that? Would you defend yourself, or would you just accept it? Would you, how would you personally deal with those? For me personally, I just do what I just do what Matt's doing, just go and win some more races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's it. I think you, I think like I mean, last time you know when that first occurred, like I didn't I didn't fire back. I didn't think because that's what the guys want. They want you to fire back. They want to get. They want to see that they've got a rise out here. Um, you know, this recent one, I just put a, a, a clear statement on a, on a group basically, which is you know as pretty much what I've just said before actually um, regarding you know these guys were elite athletes. It's a sad state of the the, the elitism in our sport and things like that. Um, you know, but the, I mean, the, you know, I think I took some criticism as well um, for the way I ran Manchester. I think um, um, one of the lads that we run with told me that, that, that people had sort of been chatting in you know, a WhatsApp or something about about the way I ran it. And you know, yeah, fair enough. It was. I mean, I'm first to sort of say it was a, a mad way to run with the the pace at the start and things like in Manchester. But at the end of the day, I won the race. Um, but as you, as know. we talked about earlier, Matt, this is the way you run. Yeah, it is. This and is, yeah, this you, is go back, you. you go back all yeah. the way. You can go all the way back to. Um, you know me running when I was sort of when I first started at 15, 16 and stuff like that and I, I ran that way then um, and I still run that way and, and I don't think you know apart from maybe trying to learn to pace it a little bit better and stuff like that I don't think I'd, I'd change it because that's how I enjoy running I absolutely obviously we talked about your tactics early, earlier I admire the way you run and I wish that I probably had the, the sometimes the balls to, to go out sometimes like you do because when you do that and what, the way you do it you put yourself on the line yeah. But it's it, other runners should only only respect that because you're only putting yourself on the line. You're not putting yeah, anybody else. That's it. Yeah. 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 If, if I blow yeah, up, it's so. my it's my performance yeah. that's, that's destroyed from it. You know. Absolutely. You know. You, you, you know. There's some people that will run differently and never put themselves on the line. But that's something you, yeah. no one can ever label at you when when you run through halfway in sixty six thirty. You've put yourself on the line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you said to yourself, and one day I won't blow up. Yeah, well, you that's, well, that's it. That's yeah. it. You know, and, and like I say, I mean, my and I, I think it goes back as well. My heroes, you know, when it, when I first started running stuff like that, my you know my hero was Paula Radcliffe. Yeah. Um, well, and exactly, then she yeah. ran. That's She's exactly same, how she ran. Same, yeah. um, you know, and and then obviously you know when I was a teenager and stuff like that, and I learned about Steve Prefontaine and stuff. You know, Steve was was my hero and is my hero, and you know, um, I mean, I've written graphic novel about him and everything. So you know, I, I sort of uh, worship the ground uh, he, he sort of ran on, sort of thing, and. You know that, but that was his way of running. That was, you know, it was pure guts. Um, you know, yeah. and, and that's what I like to try and do. And and and, and as my dad always says, I'm a drama queen, and you know, it, it isn't half drama when you go out that way because you, you either keep it going or you or you blow up completely and yeah. uh, disappear. So well, and I love your quote from earlier. You know, if someone's going to beat me, they're going to have to draw blood. To do it, yeah, yeah. yeah. going to have to draw blood because yeah. and that and that's absolutely true. If you you know any any listeners that want to race Matt and want to beat him, you've got to be prepared to go to hell and back. You know, because that's what Matt, Matt's doing. He's putting himself out there. He's going off, and he's making any race as hard as possible. And what I want to know: Will you consider Matthew in future tempering that spirit on the start line as you blast away? 
I don't think so. That's what I mean. I don't. I don't think I will. I think. I think I've got to. I mean, if I want to get a good time for the marathon, I've got to become a little bit more sensible, a little bit more time. Like, like in Seville, the, the guys there are going to run two oh five, something like that. So there's absolutely no point in me blasting off on that start line. You've got to respect the field, um, you know. But there's no reason why I can't be running. I can't try and run with the second group there, um, you know, or something like that in the field, and and you know either blow up or get dragged around to the times that I'm trying to run. Um, you know that you've you've got to be you've got to be sensible, and there is a sensible bit in me. I think that that Northern Champs where I write tactically shows that I can be tactical and I can play it that way if I if I need to and want to. Um, but a lot of the, you know a lot of the local races and stuff like that for me the, the reason to go off hard like that is because you don't know who's in the field, you don't know who's on the start line, um, and it's a good way of finding out if there's someone good enough to go with you or or, or not because they will go with you, and then you've got to start of settle down relax a little bit um, play a different tactic or you're out on your own and you just stay that way do you need to find out on the start line who's about do well I, I, I would say it's very important to know who's who you're lined up against hmm. no but he blasts off to find out don't you to, you, you start off quick well he's, well, he's what, you, what he's doing by doing that he's yeah. just like putting a statement out there and saying well this yeah. is the, I'm here to do this are you coming or are you, or you not and as it turned out in Manchester and Liverpool, no one can live with it. Very good, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you if you're looking at you yourself in the uh, in the future, you look, you probably watch London Marathon, yeah, and you see the likes of Phil Sessaman, yeah, um, Johnny Mellor probably struggled a little bit in London in the last couple of miles. I mean, how how far off that level do you think you are at the moment? Well, and, I mean, and, and and do you believe you can you can challenge them? Yeah, I mean, I, I believe I can get there. Um, I think you've got to. If I, if I didn't believe it, you know, I'd say, well, two eighteen probably my limit then, sort of thing, and that'd be that. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, I don't believe that. I believe I can go further. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, my heroes are the guys from the from the seventies and eighties, and the reason I quote Ron Hill and, and things like that is because those guys, you know, are my heroes. And and I, and and the same thing, you know, when when I told John Joe I was going to do rock and roll, he was like, "Why are you doing rock and roll? Like, you know, that's that's madness doing another race." And I went, "Well, I went well, Ron Hill," and he said, "You can't quote Ron Hill at me again." <laughs> And I said, well, I said, well, Dick Paisley, or you know, uh, you know, so all these other guys, all all these top marathon runners back in the seventies and eighties would run race after race after race, and they would run two oh nines and stuff like. That. And you, you look at the, the the quality of that we have now. You know, we've got we've got Callum Hawkins, you know, Johnny's there at two ten. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of other guys and stuff like that all all around there. But they they're doing what science has sort of said, which is run two marathons a year. Which sounds scientifically everything that like sensible and, and right, you know, you build the pace, everything that. But then like these guys back in the seventeen eighties didn't have the science saying this is how you run. They just went, you know what, like I'm gonna go and run that race there, I'm gonna go do that race there. And they ran those times that now we hail as being because I mean that's the other one is, is we hail two oh nine. You know, I, like a load of my heroes are current crop of heroes are out in the States, um, Scott Forbel, Rory Link, like coach and stuff like that. And they're all you know they're they're all that standard, and you see, and they're like a lot of the American stuff is like we hail two oh nine as as a as being a major thing, a major achievement. But two oh nine is like eight minutes off the world record; it's miles behind, and it's like, well, why are we hailing two oh nine? Do you know what I mean? Like if we if we if we want to be competitive and we want to be thingy, then we we got to stop thinking of two oh nine as something that's an achievement. I mean, it is. It's a fantastic time. It's amazing. You know, Johnny's two ten is, is is fantastic. Everything like that, but. Um, Phil's two twelve London, you know all those things are fantastic, fantastic times, but on the grand scheme of world running and the marathon, 
they're miles behind the top guys. But we sort of seem to be settled of like, well, we just need to sort of run that sort of time. I think possibly that comes down to the qualifying on. times a little bit as well because the qualifying times is. around there, so we, 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 we hail a qualifying yeah. time. But as I was saying earlier on, I think sometimes like there's a bit of a British a British mentality as well where it's like, oh, this is... You know, this is the limit. Like this is when you just said we could run this time, and that's that's good. That's that's a good thing. And it's like, well, yeah, it's a it's a great time. It's a good time, but but why are we setting that as the bar? Like the bar, we you know we need to be running. Our top guys need to be running two hundred fours, two hundred threes, two hundred twos. You know, two hundred ones and stuff like that. That's what we need to be striving for, achieving, not to break two ten. You know, I th- I think if you if you go into a race thing and the goal is two ten, then that's all you're gonna hit. Yeah. The goal has got to be two hundred one. The goal has got to be to be the best. And yeah. no matter how far away you are from that, that's got to be a goal you strive for. And you may never, ever achieve it, but at least if you've tried and tried to strive towards that, you'll have fallen somewhere along the way. And you can look back and reflect on that and say, well, you know, I did everything I could and this is how far I got along that journey. Um, you know, I always think, you know, my dad always said it when he, when he was dying. He sort of said, you know, you, you look back on, on life as, as, a, as, a, as a race and not, not one to sort of, to the finish line but want to take the most beautiful route and you've got to be able to stand at the end of life and look back on it all and say you feel satisfied you feel happy you achieved what you wanted to achieve you spent the time with the people you wanted to spend it with and things like that and you know I think that's and, and you know in terms of running you ran the way you wanted to run and you, you you tried to achieve the things you wanted to achieve and you might not have achieved them because you know life sometimes doesn't let you it's hard it's difficult but I think if you, as long as you, you strive to do that, then you can't look back and, and think you, you could have done any better. I think that's great. I think that's a great quote as well, what you come out with there as well. And, and something all the listeners can take from, whether it's a, you know, a 2.10 marathon or a 2.5 marathon, or if it's a, a sub-hour 10K. Yeah, you yeah. know, the people, you know, your advice to the listeners type thing is like, shoot for the stars and you yeah. might just land on the moon. Yeah. You know, type of thing. Um, so yeah, really good advice. That Your dad sounds like a tough fella, by the way. Yeah. I've, 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 yeah. I've spotted a question there on, um, it's been sent in from one of the listeners, fastest time up Shirley Brow. Yeah, do you know Shelley Brown? Yeah, I know Shelley Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know uh, you're a Strava man. Uh, yeah, one of yeah. our cycling listeners, he sends that he's asked, "What's his quickest time up Shelley?" Oh, um, um, I'd have to, I'd have to pull up Strava to find that one out. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I, I feel like I have the crown for it. Yeah, um, but, I, but I could be wrong. Someone might have taken it from me. So I think uh, probably the lad who asked this question is a cyclist. He'll probably want to know: can can you run up it faster than he can cycle up it? What's the time on a on a on a on a bike? Did you say what it was? Um, I don't know what his is in particular. Who sent it in? But normally, if you are a sub five on a bike, you're going really well. Yeah, sub five minutes for the segment. Five minutes. Yeah, mm, so it takes from the very bottom. Yeah, on the segments, I, I, I think yeah. the segment starts from by the gate at the bottom. I think, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't even know what the segment's called. Uh, mm. or, or yeah, some time here, guys. Go yeah, on. okay. So, Raul, you're <laughs> there's there's a question in for John Joe off one of the listeners. So, Raul, you are checking your Strava there to get to give us answer to that question. There was a question for John Joe. For me, there was. Oh, yeah. yeah um, Blessed. Okay, I'm just trying to dig, just trying to dig it out now. Oh God. Um. So it is about mm. one of the your old coaches. I think it is. Okay. Right. Someone said to me to ask you. Mm. Um. Just let me dig this out. There we go. There's an old coach that used to. Yeah, a guy called Mark Conley. 
Did he used to coach him? Mark Conley from Finn Valley. From Finn Valley, yeah. 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 Lovely fellow, I know the, him. The, I know the, him yeah. the question was, how yeah. good of a coach is Mark Conley from Finn Valley? He's asked that about himself. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's someone that must know Mark. Oh, okay. Well, the connection with Mark, for me, um, my father being from Donegal, he's over there at, at present. Um, and Matthew connected me with Patsy McGonagall, who was in team captain, manager of the Irish Olympic team for 25 years. He's from Donegal. He was very successful. And um, he's become a good friend of mine. And he... he um, he was the, the origin uh, building at this club that started in 1971, Finn Valley. And Mark Connolly is one of the, the coaches there, uh, one of the head coaches there. And um, they have a great setup. And um, I'll be going over there on Wednesday. Uh, this Wednesday, I'll be flying out and I'll be representing Finn Valley, Donegal in the Ulster Championships which they call the novice ones because if you've won this particular you can't re-enter it that's why they use the word novice and um, I'm looking forward to that so I've got two races lined up and I'll be working with Mark um, we've only met on one occasion and he did recently give me some advice as to tapering you know I asked him um, in regards to that particular race but um, we're hopefully going get, to get to know each other more in, the, in a couple of weeks time well from Wednesday onwards when I will stay yeah. at the centre and I'll be hopefully training with the team um, and passionately looking forward to represent you know Finn Valley and, and where my father's from it, it means a lot to me and my grandfather who's 99 uh, I love him you know lo love him to pieces and um, he'll be 100 in June and um yeah, so that's that's the Mark Connolly story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think the the lad who asked the question's got some connections to Ireland, so maybe yeah. that's where that's where that's come from. Well, I, you know, I look forward to getting to know Mark more so from Wednesday onwards, and hopefully train with the team and building that connection with the team that will last for many years to come. And and um, and yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Have you got the answer yeah, for us, Nama? I found it. Um, I, I don't seem to have a time on it, to be fair, um, which which I'm, I'm surprised by. Uh, no, my uh, one of my old training partners, uh, Tom Griffiths, is the is the uh, Stratton segment holder um, with 753 um, on there. Um, yeah, I, I, I've uh, never run it according to, to Strava, which seems weird because I've gone up there quite a few times. So. Oh, well, so that's it. Uh, put down the next block. Yeah, that's uh, the next one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Another question would be, looking back over the years, Matt, would you say, what would you say has been your breakthrough year, or is it now? Um, yeah, I'd probably say it's now. I, th I, think, um, I think my 218 equates to a lot better over the 5k, the 10k, the half marathon distances. Um, I mean, I, like, I said, like I said before, I think that's probably one of my, the highlights of my career, and it, it probably is outdone now by, by Manchester and stuff like that was, was the, the Northern title um, just because you know to the, the history of, of taking a Northern title the names that I go alongside there even though you know I mean you can only race who's in the field and stuff and I'm sure people will say well you know some of the, the other top guys will run a lot faster than me weren't there and things so um, but the, the field was, was still a very strong field um, and um, I think just because I ran it the way I ran it tactically and stuff like that was 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 why it was sort of one of those great achievements for me. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think this year that that run, uh, you know, I ran I ran my fourteen eighteen this year. That was back in back in March. 
Um, you know, the three marathons, 2.23, which I, I wasn't happy with um, back in, in Cheshire. Um, again, having set off with the idea of trying to go for, for a, a 2.14 sort of time um, to then fall apart and things. So that was that was sort of disappointing, but it was, you know, it was a good, it was a good time, 2.23. Um, and then, yeah, to sort of obviously now, um, you know, running, getting, getting to run in the Great North Run. Um, do that this year finished yeah. 19th in the top mm-hmm. 20 which was a goal the time obviously didn't didn't come the, the course was was difficult and um, I sort of settled after halfway sort of decided to settle back a little bit and, and save me legs because I thought it was uh, it was going to probably wipe out a week of training if, I, if I'd really pushed on there um, and uh, but then yeah winning Manchester and then winning Liverpool are obviously great Cool. Okay. Uh, another question here for one of the listeners is: um, any injuries or weaknesses that you have to constantly monitor? And if you do, how do you do? Yeah. So uh, my Achilles, both Achilles, um, are, are pretty wrecked from from years and years of track racing in spikes. Um, so I, I have to do. Uh, I always do calf raises and stuff like that, just to, to sort of manage that sort of pain. Really, that's just always in the background. Um, and then yeah, I was I was actually at my physios today um, with Bobby um, out in Pemberton in Wigan, and um, he mentioned to me back in 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 March after or in April sorry after after the first marathon, um, I'd struggled with this ankle injury. I'd, I'd gone over on my ankle and um, really um, injured sort of like the, the spring ligaments and things like that. Um, and I had to train for that mostly on a, a treadmill. I was doing hundred mile weeks on a treadmill for for the majority of that training block. Would you because, say that was easier on the Achilles? Um. um Neither easier or harder on the Achilles, but it but it allowed me without the camber of the road, it allowed me to train. I couldn't run outside at all because of the camber and mm-hmm. um, because of that ankle injury. So that's why that's why I was on the treadmill, um, and I I hadn't met up with this this physio at that point. Um, it, was, it was recommended to me, and I went to him after the marathon, um, and he, he had a look and stuff, and he said. He said, yeah, he said, the whole right side of me basically needs rebuilding. Um, it's all weak all the way down from my hips, um, through me, me hamstrings, me quads, me, me calf, everything on the right-hand side. Um, not really sure why and, and what that is um, that's caused that. But yeah, um, and I sort of I sort of did some of the work to, to, to strengthen at least the, the ankle up and stuff like that, obviously, to get through this training block this time around. Um, but I never really... Did any? I never really did the full amount of work to strengthen it, and yeah, that that ankle's always been there. It's been a nagging pain all the way through. Um, I think four or five weeks out from the marathon, I managed to tear a couple of fibers in my right quad, um, on a on a track session because again the weakness on that side. Um, and yeah, I went and saw him, and he gave me a massage um, the week before the marathon and things like that, and just checked what it was and things like that, and sort of said he didn't think it wasn't bothering me when I was running at speed. It only bothered me when I ran easy. Um, and it was because of the way, uh, way I was pushing off. So I was getting more knee flexion when I was running easier, but at speed I wasn't. Um, so it didn't bother me. So he didn't think it it bothered me in the marathon. Um, and it, it it seemed to sort of I think after his sports massage and a bit of resting with the taper and stuff like that, actually uh, eased off altogether anyway. Um, but yeah, he, he sort of said we need to manage that right side. So yeah, he's giving me exercises with the uh, resistance band for my ankle and things like that, uh, resistance band and exercises for my hip and, and stuff uh, to try and strengthen up all, all those areas and hopefully um, you know negate any injuries in this next marathon block. Now, you always run in calf socks, don't you? Yeah. Well, you always race in calf socks. Yeah. Um, what's the thinking behind that? Um, so I mean I, I, I put on calf socks for recovery uh, usually after training runs hard sessions and stuff like that um, I wear them in, in a race the same reason I now, I've now swapped to wearing um, three quarter uh, oh sorry um, like the half tights 
um, because of the compression, because of that extra bit of support they give the muscles when working at that higher intensity. Um, so I'll only, I only ever wear them for either racing or uh, my track session. Um, and things like that when I'm working at that higher higher work work intensity and um, for most um, you know all my other runs and stuff like that I'll just be in my split shorts and my uh, standard pair of running socks and stuff like that have you ever tried anything like that yeah. calf socks I quite like calf socks yeah, yeah. Um, I do suffer with my calves a bit I do like the extra support yeah. around there yeah. um, and, I, and I wear the I wear the socks over the sleeves uh, because the sleeves end with the Achilles yeah, uh, comes yeah. on and um, have given me grief with my Achilles in the past when I've worn them so that's yeah. why I wear the socks over them because I get asked that in the shop to be fair people say which one would you choose and stuff like that and that's my personal choice is why I wear socks not the, the sleeves but. I was going to talk about the shop because you've mentioned it a couple of times so it'd be it'd be wrong not to talk about it because um, it's it's obviously something that you, you is it a family run business is it? yeah it's my, uh, me and my mum actually it's uh, it's my mum's business to be fair um, I'm just an, an employee uh, technically uh, but yeah <laughs> and it's a running shop it's a running shop yeah so tell us about it do you sell in the shop online what brands have you got yeah, so um, yeah, we, we, we sell uh, mostly in in the store, but we have a, a website um, which has a couple of shoes with it at the moment. It's not syncing all the stock, so there's there's lots more shoes than what it's showing online. Um, but yeah, we, we, we stock pretty much every brand other than Nike um, because Nike made it so that um, independent stores had to have um, a minimum of 35 grand minimum opening order to oh. open an account with them. Um, and as of last Christmas, they actually gave notice to any of the stores that stocked them that they got 12 months to sell through because they won't be able to stock Nike from, from this, uh, this, this Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the fact that people will buy from Nike and mm. go to Nike Direct. Um, you know, I, I sadly race in Nike shoes. Um, I've tried every other carbon-plated shoe on the market bar the Adidas ones. Um, which I need to, to try, and um, I'm thinking of uh, using some of my winnings from from Manchester and Liverpool to to pick up a pair of them eventually. Um, but um, um, yeah, uh, but for yeah, for me, the, 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 none of the other shoes have yet compared to the Nike ones for the marathon distance. I think over the five k's, ten k's, um, I think the likes of New Balance, Saucony, uh, Brooks have all got pretty even competitors to the next percents and stuff like that. Uh, but for me, the Alpha Fly is is just that next little bit level ahead. Um, when it comes to the, the marathon. And tell us what the shop's called. Uh, it's called Made to Run. And where are you based? Uh, in St. Helens. Um, yeah, so we're just um, pretty much in the city, in the, in the town centre and we uh, hopefully will be looking for a bigger premises soon. And is there a web address for the people to... Uh, yeah, it's uh, www.madetorun.co.uk um, And say if someone was going to come into the shop, Matt, uh, are, they, are you available for them to, 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 to chat and get advice on the different types of footwear that, that, that might suit them? You know, have you got that knowledge to be able to pass on to the... To yeah, anyone? so I mean, my, my degree was sports, sports and exercise science. Um, so it's, it's, it's actually nice to be working somewhere where I can, can utilise my degree. Um, I did marketing for 10 years. Um, so it didn't come into, in handy much for that. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we, we, we do a free gate analysis service. Um, some people ask why don't we charge for that and things like that. Some stores do, but I always think that it's it's. I'd rather people get the right advice, um, um, and 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 recommended the right shoes to them. Um, and hopefully they'll buy from us. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't, at least they're going to buy the right shoes and, and hopefully stay injury free. So just to um, clarify that for the listeners, do you give free gait analysis? Yeah, free gait analysis. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then yeah, always happy to sort of chat about running injuries and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, I'm not a physio and things, and I always recommend, um, you know, if it is real injury advice and stuff that you need and stuff, um, or you're injured, is to go see a physio, and I'm happy to recommend, um, 
couple of different physios um, uh, that are local and, and further up the field and stuff like that. Um, but um, you know, but, but obviously happy to talk from my own experience of my injury histories and things like IT band, Achilles injuries and stuff, and let you know what what's worked for me and what hasn't, sort of thing, and for you to trial and error. But I'd always suggest going to a physio. Yeah, excellent. Well. John Joe, I'm going to hand it over to you because my list is finished now. Well, it, it's been marvellous. And I've got uh, another 10 questions here on this side of the uh, the fence. Because um, <laughs> my so, next question would be, uh, I suppose, how, uh, what impact do you think your, your family, your mother and father has had on uh, your running generally, I suppose, from, from youth and onwards? that's the question I'd ask yeah yeah so I mean yeah I mean obviously my mum competed in the 88 Olympics in Seoul in the marathon um, and the Rome World Champs in the 10,000 metres the first women's ever 10,000 metres um, and so you know that was it that was a major part uh, my dad was a coach and he was a good sort of county level runner himself uh, represented Lancashire when it was when it was Lancashire uh, you know in Merseyside and Great Manchester all part of it um, and so yeah I mean like um you know they were a huge inspiration, but they they, they never never forced me into running. Like I, I was quite a late starter in terms of I suppose some of the guys that run against and things like that. Um, I only sort of started when I was like fifteen. Uh, yeah, fifteen. Um, I was always, I was just a video gamer, just like sitting little chubby kid playing video games in my, in my room and stuff like that. Um, they always tried to encourage me to go running and, and things and get into it, but I just, just didn't fancy it. Um, though I always wanted to be a runner um, and and go to the Olympics like my mum did, but I, I just. Didn't want to actually go outside and, and run. Um, it was a it was a PE teacher actually, um, Mr. Banks at, at Birchall High School, um, that was the one who sort of saw the talent there, knew of me mum and dad, and 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 the the running, um, and sort of um, yeah about just going just before I went into year nine, encouraged me to go down to Wigan and join the running club, and yeah I think I came home uh, the first day of, uh, or the last day of school before we broke up that that year of year eight last year of year eight uh, last day of year eight and said to me dad I said dad I, I want to go down to, to uh, a running club over over the summer um, and Wigan pretty much Wigan St Helens or Lee would have all been the, pretty much the same distance from, from our house but we went to Wigan um, so I ran there for a couple of years and then yeah Ray Vos was, was coaching a lad called Dave Forrester who was a fantastic talent um, and a great great friend of mine and training partner for many years and um, I, 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 he was running he finished 24th in the World Cross um, in 2008 when it was up in Edinburgh and uh, it was first European home um, and yeah um, it, that was where I made the move over then to to St Helens um, and that's where I've been ever since If you were to recommend one particular book on marathon running just only just one particular book which book would you recommend and why? Um, I think um, Dick Beardsley's uh, biography um, which actually the name of it is, is escaping me a little bit. I think it's like toughest, my toughest race. Uh, I think is the name of it, but I, I may be wrong there. Um, but um, that was yeah. I, I, Dick was um, he was he, he came from sort of being just um, you know someone who loved running um, and he, he loved the idea of the marathon and he started running. He, he just he just kept entering him. He started a, a two thirty sort of marathon runner and he just kept running and running and he he, he got down to a two hundred nine guy. Um, and famously, he had the, the, the he was part of the duel in the sun with Alberto Salazar, um, when it was a ridiculously hot day um, in Boston, and they sort of dueled it out. Salazar being the favourite um, was the current marathon world record holder at the time, um, and he sort of said in the press conference that no one had beat him. He, he was he was going to run away with this sort of race, and 
and Dick just thought he thought that was a bit overconfident, a bit arrogant of a comment to make, and he, he went with him and he pushed the pace, and they were there all the way till the end, and um, there was a just just as they came off the last bend, Dick had dropped behind slightly, and then um, he was catching back up, but the, the, the police um, motorcade didn't realise that he'd caught back up. And as he went to take the le- the, the last bend, the, the motorcycle actually drove into into Dick, and he, he lost by a second in the race. And it's always the thing of like, if he'd have if he'd have, you know gotten over by Gander done that, could he have beat Salazar in there and things? But yeah, it was it was hailed as a, a huge event. There's a book about that, Jewel in the Sun as well. Um, that's just about that one race. But um, he went through a lot of uh, trouble later in life. He was a, a farmer and things, and got caught in a machine that broke his spine and things like that, and got addicted to. Um, over the counter painkillers and things like that, had a really hard life, but the running community backed him and supported him and things, and he came through that. And I've, I've, I actually connected with him on LinkedIn, and I asked him um, years and years ago about the marathon and when he thought would be the right time to move up to the marathon. And he replied to me, and um, I always sort of had that 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 message from him um, in the back of my mind as well. And Dick, uh, he's still with us. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And whereabouts is he from? Uh, oh. In the country, uh, he's American. American. Um, he's American runner. American. Um, yeah, he's. I'm. Yeah, I'm going to murder which state he's from, so I'm not going to say no, it. No, it's okay. Um, now the next question. That's a particular book. It's a runner. In terms of coaches, you know, we've got not a personal coach to you, but a methodology, a philosophy. You know, you've got Bauman. You've got these yeah. various Jumbo Elliots. Yeah, yeah. Which particular coach would you? look to in terms of advice for marathon running in terms of the history of the sport not just yeah yeah, yeah. um well i mean i mean i mean both the two you mentioned that weren't really marathon coaches they're, they're both sort of track coaches and collegiate track uh, coaches and stuff like that um i always think that i would have loved to to have gone to the the ncaa system and, and some of the coaches like bauman and, and jumbo elliott where they're really regimented and stuff like that would have really suited me in in my uh, in my sort of teenage years and university years and stuff like that um, but um, yeah, I think now I think like I, I need that a little bit more. I think I think I need to be told um, a little bit because I, I will get carried away in, in times. But I also you know I, I've I've read a lot of books and I've read a lot of things and the stuff that I want to try or do and and see where that works and what doesn't work rather than always be stuck on something that's sort of maybe planned. But um, I mean the, the guy I follow and the, the teaching I follow is uh, from the from the. The, the Bruce's and, and Roy Lindner that, that coach me at the moment is obviously they follow uh, Ben Rosario's from from the NAC Elite squad and stuff. So it's sort of his philosophy and the stuff that he's he's learned from from other coaches. Well, that's well. that's very personal to you. That's yeah, the person yeah, yeah. you were. I'm talking about the, in the history of the sport. If there was someone listening who would like to go to access a particular material, you know Arthur Lydiard or so, right, who, yeah, who would yeah, you yeah. go to? Who would you recommend? Um, um, I think like. Um, I mean, for the math, it's difficult because like there's 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 various contracting uh, contrasting things and stuff. I like enjoyed that. the Charlie Spen book. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah. To be fair, Charlie was the was the base of my sort of yeah, yeah marathon sort of mm. training and stuff like that. And when I first trained for a marathon, I followed regimentedly his training block at the back of his book, which is London to his bronze in LA. Mm. Um, and I thought if I can mirror any of that, I'll I'll, I'll be in great shape for a marathon. So. Do you think, Matt, that you need a coach as much to tell you when to stop? As much as when to go. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, and just to give me, just to give me that, I think, I think by someone putting a plan together and, and laying it out, those days, because because I'll go through days where sometimes I just wake up and I just don't feel like running, I just don't want to. Um, and to be fair, I've always said that 
if you feel like that, then you probably shouldn't go out and run. Um, some people get you know that, that addiction to it, and like I've got to go and run. I, I'm meant to do this today, and this is what I've got to go and run. And I always say, if you're really not feeling like running, you probably shouldn't go home and run because you're not going to enjoy it. You know, so, well, sometimes you do. Sometimes getting out and you, you surprise you, you yourself. Surprise yourself you do, yeah. yeah. Um, but sometimes you, you don't. You make it worse. And I know my dad, like he, he once got me to go and do a, a cross country race when I was really feeling lousy and under the weather and stuff. Like that. I was like, I really don't want to go do this, dad. And he's like, No, you. He said, I always used to go and do do a run when I was feeling unwell. And I just shook it all off and I'd be fine. And I went. And I think I was bedridden for the next week then. So yeah. you know, um, you know, I, I think sometimes you you got to listen to your body and your mind and. I think, um, yeah, there's, there's times where, yeah, I just feel a little down, a little, a little depressed or whatever and stuff like that, and I, think I just don't fancy running. And I'll just, I'll take that day or two off sort of thing, and, and then then you have that hunger to want to go and run again, yeah. uh, because you miss it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned mental health a couple of times, you mentioned feeling down a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've struggled with, Matt, over the years? Is that something that's come about? Yeah, yeah, various bits, of, you know, over, over the years and stuff like that. Um, you know, when I lost my dad in, in 2013, um, you know, well, you know, when he was first diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, he'd been a runner all his life and it sort of, for me, it was a bit of like, well, what's the point of this running thing? Um, you know, it's not done anything to save him. He'd, he'd had a, a major heart attack um, two or three years prior to that, um, which he, which apart from his running, he shouldn't have survived. Um, but it, it sort of made me think, well, you know, he got that and then cancer and it just, and being a science, a science background that I was, I knew that the cancer he had, it was, it was a matter of how many years he's got not will he survive sort of thing um, and it just made me say you know what's, what's the point in all this and I, I did I, I packed in the sport I took five years out of the sport um, and I didn't really even after he passed away I didn't really come back for another couple of years um, I was just turning 25 and um, yeah he, he passed away when I was 21 and um, it was sort of like you know I, I've, I'm still young enough to try and achieve what we mum did um, you know I can't just I, want, I don't want to look back and, and regret not having a go um, and so yeah I got back training and, and got my running yeah, good. good. Yeah, yeah. What are you feeling now, Ian? We've, we've uh, any more questions? Yeah, I think I've gone through all my questions. Should, 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 do you uh, want to wrap it up? It's been marvellous, and I want to thank Ian Lawton here. What a gentleman. Um, he's come. I just can't praise you enough, sir. I really, uh, yeah, I really I, can't. I, yeah, I, I want to thank Ian for, you know, suggesting we, we do this sort of uh, episode and stuff like that and for for uh, stepping in as a, as a co-host to uh, keep John Joe awake and um, keep him prompted with with, uh, with questions <laughs> <laughs> no no it's been great thanks for uh, th- thanks for having me back in the studio it's uh, it's been good and um, I yeah, I hope you've enjoyed telling your story